Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone except for our robot overlords who decided to interfere with commentary. But hey, if you want a podcast that sounds like New Japan Pro Wrestling, then the Never Robot Podcast is the podcast <laughs> for you. <laughs> so we are a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast. We will talk some New Japan. We also swear, so uh, be aware of that. My name's Luke, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Andy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Oi, I'm Mr. Andy. This is what I talk like, and uh, all that. You, I know you're trying to do Aussie accent, but you just sound like um, like Russell Brand or something. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. So. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that's either a good thing or a bad thing, depending <laughs> on, on who you are. So, uh, yes, that that is what it is all right so let, let's just get this out of the way straight off the bat because i'm getting pretty good at this there are ways people can contact us if they wish to uh voicey or written emails is uh, neveropenpod at gmail.com i'm on the tweety at grumpy 2eb mr guy is there at drusa for tweets and Boy. we both use uh neveropenpod at uh, at the tweety as well so yeah look at that all done all the business done. That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. That's um. So um, we did a never uh realm episode this week, and that was pretty fun, man. Uh, if you haven't listened yep. to that, go back and check that out. That's some fucking fun ass shit. Had a lot of fun there. Lots of great babe talk. So I mean, we're gonna we're gonna cut back on the great babe talk a little bit today. But my god, do we have a lot to talk about? Luke, I have something serious to talk about. Um, should we do that first? Should we get this out of the way? What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so um, if you guys have ever noticed on Twitter, um, whenever I uh, post an episode of a podcast I do, I tag this this account, uh, themidwestterritory.com. And that's my buddy, Chad French. He's been um, helping folks in uh, independent pro wrestling for years um, I met him years ago when we were both basically doing the same thing, and we've been buddies ever since. Um, this week, he's had a pretty bad week. Um, he had a stroke. Um, he's younger than me. Yeah, he's younger than me. He's okay, but it's not good, you know, and, um, you know, who knows how that's going to work in the future. And his dad died. So um, that happened today. So he got out of the hospital, got home today and found out his dad died. So, I mean, it's this poor guy. He's done so much for pro wrestling. You guys can't even imagine. I mean, this guy has done so many things. And all these people that you see on AEW that are like from the indies, he's helped. So, you know, I, I'm not mad and I'm, it's, you know, this isn't about me or anything. But if you can give $5 dollars. Please give five dollars. You can look on my Twitter account, Drusifer Tweets. You will see the GoFundMe for Chad all over that thing. And if not, I'll post it again from the Never Open uh, Twitter here uh, at some point after this episode is out. Please help Chad. Just a dollar, five dollars. Anything can help him. You know, uh, now he has to pay for a funeral for his father and he has to pay for this awful, you know, medical expenses. And who knows what those are going to be going forward. So and if you're a pro wrestler out there donate to him shame on you for real shame on you so i you know i'm not trying to be a dick or anything but it, chad has helped everybody in this area out it's time to help him out a little bit so that's a big deal for me that's my 
serious thing for the minute. I just want to help our buddy Chad. He has retweeted the show every single time. He shared every He's episode of, of every first. podcast I've ever done. He's yep. allowed me. Yes, sir. He usually retweets the bloody th- episodes before I do. So yeah, exactly. Very yeah. fast, Lamar. He's my guy, and you know, and he's let me write on his website. I mean, we've done a lot of things together. We jokingly call ourselves the Indie Heartthrobs because we're both very ugly men, and we realize that. Um, but I love <laughs> Chad. He is my friend, and he is an amazing human being. And you guys know, you know, I've I've kind of vetted my friends in pro wrestling quite a bit. Chad is vetted. He's the fucking man, and it's time to help him a little bit. So that's my my little soliloquy here to begin things with some serious stuff. And now we can get to the fun wrestling talk because there's a lot of it. All right. So one thing we did not mention last time, just a little bit of news. Probably didn't mention it because it's strong and we don't give a fuck. But, uh, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're changing their nights. They were on – they are on Saturdays at the same time Rampage starts. And uh, – think new japan's realized um, i don't think that's a good idea so uh they're moving it to sundays that's fair yes um it's smart too because you know like you said rampage they were literally going up against rampage so now they're moving to saturdays it's kind of funny how that works with pro wrestling isn't it like how you know like they just move around each other and don't acknowledge it you know it's kind of weird yeah uh I guess if if you're kind of a smart company, you'd be like, all right, everyone's going to watch this instead of this, so uh, let's move the day so we can maximize our viewing, I guess. But it doesn't really matter if it's strong. It's on demand. The last time I really wanted to check strong out, Kojima, I think, was in a match. And as soon as that dropped on strong, uh, on world, sorry, on New Japan World, uh, it's not live. So I just skipped straight to the Kojima match I wanted to watch. So everyone's still live tweeting the show as it started, uh, you know, as it goes along. And I'm just like, well, I watched my match, so uh, I'm done. Yeah, so it's on demand. So I, 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 I it's like it shouldn't matter that much, but I guess it, it does matter. So I'm wrong. So it, well, I'll shut up. They're not going to pull a Dixie Carter and talk about the plus threes, all right? They're like, they want to know <laughs> what's going on with the live stuff. So. <laughs> Good old Dixie yes. Carter. So, <laughs> By the way, I have this joke about her that she invented the announcing that you have an announcement, which she did. And, she, you know, that was like the most TNA thing ever to announce that you're going to have an announcement. And now every indie promotion <laughs> in the world does that. Every indie promotion is like, oh, Monday, we're going to have a big announcement. Like, you fucking just made an announcement that you have an announcement. That's TNA bullshit. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's gonna be annoying. <laughs> I think it's now funny. I know this happened after uh, the Met Live shows, but there is maybe one small portion of uh, yesterday's All Out that uh, I'll bring. Um, I want to bring up at some point. So I can small do that before. Portion? So why are we gonna talk about? Let's talk about this thing. Nice man. fucking healthy some- chunk. All right. Yeah, we so, got AEW talk. I'm gonna go see AEW on Wednesday. We got lots to talk about here. Dude, did the wrestling gods just smile upon you and just like, oh, you come to your first AEW show? You don't know if you're gonna like it or not. Here's a Suzuki match. Uh, <laughs> so yes, everyone, Mr. Andy is going to this week's Dynamite on yeah. uh, Wednesday. I guess Thursday for me, but it doesn't matter. But and uh, 
he gets to watch John Moxley versus Minaro Suzuki. So, yeah. yes, we were supposed <laughs> to actually. Uh, you actually brought up recording the show over the weekend. It's Monday, uh, Tuesday morning for me now. And I said, uh, can we can we do it after All Out? Because uh, just so we'd have a little bit extra to talk about. But part of me was just like, can we save this for Friday? No, but no, we, we've got to. We can always um, do a Never Realm 5 and talk about your uh, Dynamite experiences. Because we'll have time before the G1 if, if that's oh, something you want to do. We're going to do that. Yeah, we'll do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, you never know, folks. We may have a guest uh, coming up. We're not going to say who. But we may have a guest coming up. We don't know. Maybe, maybe like a yeah. real one, like not like a fake one. So like a real one. We'll Nobody see. knows. <laughs> but yes. So I am still on a bit of a high from a show I watched. Unfortunately for everyone listening to a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, the show that has kept me super hyped and feeling really good about wrestling. Like, I'm not shitting on uh, the Wrestle Grand Slam shows. Like, there's some stuff I would like. There's some stuff I'll do I that don't. later. Yeah, there, you'll do that. But, <laughs> yeah, it, the, the the show that's got me kind of on a high is the uh, is All Out. So I, I watched it live. I didn't take any notes. So, uh, you know, it was just a bit of fun to watch. And I, I was really happy. Uh, so the first match happens, and it's Kingston Miro. I'm, I'm liking that. That's great. Awesome. Next match happens, and uh, Kojima music, Kojima's music hits, and I'm like, how are they going to respond to him? And very receptive, very cool pop for Mr. Kojima, which he had an adorable tweet on the Tweety that says, uh, "Man, it's been a." I'm paraphrasing his. I'm stealing your shit too, so uh, yeah. sorry. But he said something to the effect of like, "Man, I haven't heard fans cheer for me for ages because we can't. Uh, Japanese fans can't cheer." It was. A fucking big deal for me. Thank you so much. And uh, I was just like, you are the most humble, adorable badass there is. I love you. Uh, he's, now, I know a lot of people are going to look past Kojima versus Mox because of what's happened after it. But I tell you what, he got a This Is Awesome chant from the American crowd. Mr. Kojima and Mox had a really cool, hard-hitting match. They brought it. Kojima got to get most of his shit in. It was... Like, I always knew Mox was kind of going to win, but that, it, I didn't care about that. I just had a big smile on my face the whole time. Like, he's Kojima on a big AEW show with Mo, with Moxley, arguably one of their biggest stars, right? Even with all the new people who were around, Mox is still one of their top guys, right? So I, lo- I, I loved it. I thought it was really, really cool, solid stuff. Mox does win, but he doesn't win with one... Uh, Death Rider. He wins with two Death Riders. Nice. So uh, I love that. Mox keeping Kojima looking strong there. So really cool shit. Uh, Kojima's laying or leaves or whatever. And then Minaro Suzuki's music hits. And of course, he doesn't doesn't come out straight away. He does his full fucking entrance. He comes out. The crowd's chanting, holy shit, holy shit. you know, he doesn't even say a word, by the way, he, except maybe, come on! But face to face with Mox, they don't really talk to each other. They just start wailing on each other. But, you know, Mox is a bit fucked from uh, uh, having uh, bread beat the shit out of him for like <laughs> 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes. So, uh, you know, Gotch style pile driver in the middle of the ring, and Suzuki leaves him laying. Crowds yelling out, holy shit. 
the commentators are putting over just like if there's someone you don't want to mess with backstage or just like anywhere ever uh, it's Minoru Suzuki because he'll fucking hurt you so <laughs> really Fair. yeah so really love that aspect and it took me a while to put two and two together because they announced for Dynamite that it'll be Moxley versus Suzuki and I'm like oh man that sounds really cool because it is and then my brain's just like wait a minute wait, wait a minute so- wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> Wait a minute. That's in Cincinnati. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mr. Guy's got to fucking see Suzuki versus Moxley live. I'm just like, oh, yes. Holy fuck, that's so cool. So, obviously, we're not talking about that this this week, but uh, our next episode, which might be a Never Realm or whatever, we'll definitely talk about your AEW Dynamite uh, experiences and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm pretty fired up. I and just so you know, the wrestling gods have always smiled down upon me. Um, and that's because I have pure intentions, and uh, that's how that works. So, um, you know, I am very lucky. The Midwest and the area that I live in is typically one of those areas that's kind of like always draws fans. So we get a lot of shit that a lot of places don't get, you know. And um, I'm pretty excited about this. I mean, this is in. John Moxley's hometown, obviously he's going to be a big deal on the night and I'm really happy about that. I'm also, you know, I'm excited. I've never seen Suzuki live, so that's going to be fucking great. And I'm excited just to soak in the whole experience and to, to um, you know, see Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson. I'm pretty excited that he showed up at AEW and the way they did that was they faked everybody out by having Adam Cole come out and then yep. Bryan Danielson out right so um i aew like i didn't watch this pay-per-view i i would probably argue with folks that are saying that you know oh it's the greatest pay-per-view of all time but i haven't seen it so i can't really do that but if i had seen it, i probably would argue with that however i would just say this is that um my cynicism towards aew is kind of going away as i told you it would if they did something like sign daniel bryan so um you know he's my favorite wrestler that means a lot to me, and I am really excited to see what he does there. I'm going to start watching this stuff, and um, I am I, I can't really believe anything but to think that, you know, AEW is now a legit competitor for, for WWE, and, and they're going to surpass WWE. If things continue the way they're going, they're going to surpass them, and I think one of the reasons why is because they are not going after the same fans. You know, WWE goes after like parents and kids. That's who they go after. And um, this is not who AEW is going after. AEW is making new fans and they're bringing back old fans. And I, I, one of my favorite podcasts is actually two podcasts. I love one's called 20 years of Nitro. And they have recently come, come back from a year and a half hiatus because of punk returning, because now they're interested in wrestling again. And the same thing with my buddy over on the wrestle special, Travis, he never watches pay-per-views. He was watching that last night and it's like, holy shit, this is the greatest thing ever. So that's a big fucking deal. You're bringing back all these fans that are disillusioned that want to love wrestling, but haven't had anything like, so I think it, this is a uh, substantial. Yeah. It's also cause like punk himself was so disillusioned. And I think a lot of fans know that. And for mm-hmm. Punk to be brought back into wrestling, people would just be like, oh, he's not so disillusioned anymore. I want to see what that looks like. He wrestled in pants, by the way. So uh, 
I, I have to imagine that in about eight or nine months' time, when he switches, if he ever switches back to trunks, he might get a pop like a Carter did that time. <laughs> biggest pop ever. Yeah, I, I just, I'm excited for this, and you're right. Um, you know, the other thing too is that Brian Danielson, he's been disillusioned too. He just keeps his mouth shut about it and collects a paycheck. So I have a feeling those stories are going to start to come out a little bit about how. I mean, he has a lot to tell about his whole recovery and, you know, his injury and them keeping him from wrestling and, and all that bullshit that went on. I can't wait to hear all about that. Yeah. So, yeah, and not long after Daniel Bryan came out, because I knew you didn't care about spoilers. I think you even told me, like, if he comes out, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, not long after he came out, I messaged you, of course, but I uh, wrote on the Tweety that uh, <laughs> missed. Mr. Guy is now all elite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I told you guys I would. You know, I said, yeah, damn straight. I said, look, I, I have no interest in this. If they fucking sign Daniel Bryan, I'm going to watch this. And if he's in the G1, which he's not, but we'll talk about the G1, then I'm going to quit watching wrestling because I don't have to watch anything after that. You know, like if, if Daniel Bryan's in New Japan. Well, you got another I'm year done. of wrestling, I guess, then. Uh... <laughs> well, you, just, you watch till he's done in New Japan, and then there's nothing left to watch because you've already watched the greatest thing that could ever happen. So Now, we got, of course, we've the G1 lineup has been announced. Uh, we'll, we'll, you want to get to that in order uh, a bit later yes. on? Yep, all right, we'll yes. do that. So, yeah, uh, I I love the pay-per-view. I, I like uh, some matches were better than others. I don't think it got as good for me as Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. Uh, it was uh, absolutely fantastic. It was my highlight. Uh, another, one thing I want to point out is Park versus Andrade didn't happen on All Out, I think, because of uh, travel, whatever, problems, you know, COVID, whatever. So that was supposed to be on the main show. It wasn't. It's going to be on Rampage this week. Look at this one pimping out AEW big time. But uh, instead, what we got after that uh, tagged match, we got the Women's Battle Royal, which was supposed to be on the fucking pre-show. So I'm glad, no no offense to Park or Andrade, but I'm glad you guys didn't get that match because I got to see 21 women on the card instead. Uh, in, and that means that originally... Ruby Soho would have come out during the freaking pre-show. Ah, so in that respect, I'm kind of glad things happened the way they did. So Ruby got her, her moment as well as uh, Suzuki as and uh, Adam Cole, Bebe, and uh, of course, Daniel Bryan. So yeah, uh, it's, it's a pretty good show. Uh, I had a big smile on my face the whole time. About 31 Aussie dollary dues, and I felt like it was money well spent. But uh, yeah, are you are you able to say dollars, or is it ha do you, is it dollary dues every time? Uh, I like saying dollary dues. <laughs> it's just how my Simpsons brain works. Because dude, that shit was Fair repeated enough. during the nineties ad nauseum. So there's a lot of people of my generation. that's just like we talk in Simpsons quotes. But yes, dollars, sure. dollars, dollars. Yes, I can I say the point dollars. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um. So AEW still got a problem with their women's division, huh? They want to put them on the pre-show, and then they're forced to put them on the regular show and stuff like that. Um, we're gonna, if you guys want some in-depth, uh, maybe you know, a little too real, uh, maybe the way it should be talked about uh, women's wrestling talk. Listen to our last Never Realm episode. We talk about that quite a bit, and we're yeah. actually gonna talk some women's wrestling today. Believe it or not, fucking happy yeah. about that. 
Um, you know, and we've we talked in depth about that on the last episode. Um, also, I forgot to mention uh, Twitter. You definitely want to follow us on Twitter. This week, last week, I got into it with Goto on Twitter for reals, and this week, I was uh, tweeting back and forth with Makabe about fucking burgers. <laughs> That's real. That really it happens. Did. It did does happen, man. It's. <laughs> Like he used to be the dessert guy. I think he's now made the switch. He's he's got the burgers on his brain all the time. And <clears throat> speaking of totally unrelated things, but earlier on when I said the email addresses and stuff, we got a couple of voice emails. Do mm-hmm. like do we want to do them both now? Do we do one now, the yeah. other one? All right, fuck yeah, it. Let's, let's do them both. Let's I I will, let's do this Dave Howard one first. So we got one from Dave Howard. I was I called him out last week. Because uh, we haven't heard from him in a long time. And he sent us an email. It's a voicey one, but there was some text. And the text said, asking ye shall receive. But it wasn't in quotes. So I don't know who said that. But uh, I think that I think he made it up. But uh, here we go. So this is Dave Howard's voicey email for this week. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, grumpies of all ages, never open podcast, and Mr. Guy proudly present to you the voice email champion of the world, the guy who calls from his truck, usually with bad audio, Howard the Dave. And if you're not down with that, I've got two words for you. Stop listening. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Actually, don't, don't stop listening. In fact, keep listening. This is a really good podcast. These guys do a lot of good covering New Japan and other things going on in the world of wrestling. Luke, Andy, thanks for asking where I was. You gave me the incentive to call in. So uh, that's what this is all about. And as I am wont to do, I've got a dumb question that I like to call in. Uh, CM Punk returning has, has made me think of this just because it was such a momentous occasion in wrestling. Uh, kind of like, I know the Forbidden Door has recently been opened, and that's another huge deal. However, uh, you know, uh, Sean and Brett could be them when they buried the hatchet, you know, live on TV. Uh, that could be kind of considered something similar. Um, so I guess my question is, what else is there left? I mean, other than, you know, I don't want to say Vince kicking the bucket or WWE being sold, but are those really the only two things left that are on that level? I don't know. Let me know what you guys think and keep up the great work. Bye. Uh, that's a fantastic voice to email, first of all. I mean, that, that you know, I, I'm assuming that took a few takes. So good job. <laughs> that was fantastic. Now, I listened to this early, so I have some answers for them, and I'll be happy to give you those while you – think about that question um because that's a good question it was discussed a little bit on swf this week i think and um my answer to that would be pretty much anything with the rock (laughs) so like the rock is the most famous wrestler ever at this point there's no there's no question and so like him coming back for a match versus roman reigns or versus Stone Cold. That's the other thing. Stone Cold coming back for a match is another thing that could be as big as all this stuff. Uh, Vince McMahon coming back for a match could be as big as all this stuff. And then my 
my uh mine that i i want to see and it'll never happen but i mean this would be fucking amazing is St- uh, shane mcmahon versus stephanie mcmahon that's what i want to see <laughs> if you mean like big big moments or things that could happen like Straight away, my brain goes to New Japan, and I'm just like, well, uh, Daniel Daniel Bryan in that? Uh, yes. Yeah, that would be huge. I don't know. Like, like my, I'm curious to know how badly WCW had to kick uh, WWE before WWE was just like, um, maybe we should, like, do something, you know, like it's been, it's two years, I know, and they're still relatively new company, but I feel like whether you like them or not, one one's kind of setting uh, the wrestling world alight and uh, the other one is just fucking cruise control, right? So yeah. h- how much, how much more kicking and some of that cruise control is, and stupidity is just like, uh, we're a billion dollar company, uh, but it might be a good idea to fire lots of people. Oh, look, they've turned up in AW and now they're over. And now you've just given your competitors fucking talent. I, I just, they hurt my brain. I, I don't know what they could do. There's eventually going to be someone from AW who gets enticed to jump ship. I, I There has to be, right? Like, yeah. I, I have no idea who that would be or why or anything like that. But, that might might be something like that would be a big moment, but you know, I, I half expect them to sign someone from AEW. Go, hey, we've got some talent, ha ha ha, and then bury the fuck out of them. So uh, I don't know. What about, what about Jericho going back to WWE? You know, that would be another huge fucking deal, right? I I can see him turning up on WWE programming again, especially when he retires. They'll probably be Absolutely. like Hall of Fame. Like, um, as far as I'm aware he's still on speaking terms with, with, with Vince. I mean, he, he pretty much spoke to him the whole time. He was just like, look, I'm thinking of going to Japan. Is that cool? Yeah. I want to try this new company. Is that right? Yeah. So he hasn't burned his bridges. So he'll just, of course, he'll show up on WWE again. I, I have no, no doubt about that. I don't know if he'll be a wrestler or anything like that, but I think he'll finish out his career wrestling uh, new and interesting young people. He's never really wrestled before, before he's on his way out. And uh, I think that's, yeah. So unless it's for the Hall of Fame or some of that, I don't see Jericho coming back to wrestle in in WWE. Okay. Well, what about my idea of Shane McMahon versus Stephanie McMahon? What about uh, that hell in a cell? It's McMahon versus McMahon. Special guest referee, Linda McMahon. It might have been something good for like 20 years ago or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting WrestleMania 2000 vibes from this. Like, what's going on here? What about this? Harold Meiji back to New Japan, and he challenges Tanahashi for the for the United States Championship, and Tanahashi jobs to Howard Meiji. What do you think of that? I don't think you're allowed to book wrestling anymore. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so what's your idea, Howard? The day. Dave Howard, he asked you a direct question, Luke, and you're dancing around it like you're doing, um, you know, the river dance over here. What big moments could WWE do? Any, like any wrestling company. He asked what's left. What's left to do? 
Uh, well, I think in terms of the forbidden door and stuff, the one way the door hasn't really worked is for uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I think the big deal now is to Brian over there would be huge. That's pretty much all I got. I I don't know, man. How, what would, right. and, and yours is like a joke match, so I answered that better than you. So get out of here. That's a lie because I gave you like six answers, Howard, Howard, Dave. So um, I'm just trying to. I tried to get him to answer your question, uh, Dave, but he wouldn't do it. So we got to move on, I guess. I don't know. I appreciate it though. <laughs> I at least care. I I at least care about you. Shut up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So thank you for that, uh, Howard the Dave. Well, I guess we'll call him by his nickname now because he used it. But that's true. Uh, you know, we can't. I wasn't going to steal another show's shtick unless like they bring it up first. So yes, he's now out of the Dave. So yes, welcome, welcome out of the Dave. Let's um now go to our second voice email and uh, yeah, uh, from what I saw, we're still in a the vacuum of uh, Dark City with uh, New Japan Strong. Oh God. So uh, I guess we're going to get a really happy review of. Uh, New Japan Strong this week, I guess. Oh, well, let's hear it. Here comes Ian's uh, Strong Review from uh, September 3rd, 2021. Hi, Luke and Andy. This is Ian with another New Japan Strong Review. Well, this week is the Barbecue Brawl, and you know what that means. That's right, it's time for exactly the same show, except with a few half-hearted jokes about potato salad on commentary. Thankfully, the first match on the card is Josh Alexander versus Daniel Garcia, and it's great. Good enough to make me stop caring about the barbecue gimmick, which puts me in the same boat as Kevin and Kozlov. I just want to point out what a hell of a month Daniel Garcia has just had. On August the 4th, he was gearing up for an AEW Dark match against Fuego del Sol. On September 1st, he's on national television punching CM Punk in the face, and two nights later he's headlining Rampage for a second time. And just before Rampage, he has a hell of a wrestling match on New Japan Strong. And let me just be clear about how much emphasis I'm putting on the word wrestling here. This was a deeply technical, deeply physical match between two men who are experts at this style. They moved from hold to hold with a fluidity matched only by their savagery. Sometimes very technical matches can look like passionless exchanges of holds, but these were two guys who looked like they really wanted to hurt each other. Alexander was getting increasingly annoyed that he couldn't put Garcia away, and Garcia was just a gallon of rage and skill in a pint bottle. Excellent match that showed skill and potential from both. Following this, we had Ray Horace versus TJP, which suffered a little from coming after a very intense and physical match. This wasn't bad by any means, Ray Horace is a very skilled luchador, and TJP can wrestle a very solid match when he can be bothered. The problem was that it was telling a kind of boring obvious story. TJP was in control for much of the match, which meant that the audience at home was waiting for Ray Horace to make a comeback, and eventually he does, but it's not that long and not that impressive, and after a match that had a strong and savage flow throughout, this looked too much like a couple of guys doing moves. TJP's victory was enough of a foregone conclusion that I almost missed it before going on to the next match. In our main event, we had Hikuleo face off against Matt Morris. 
Hey, remember a couple of weeks ago when Alex Coughlin chopped Mac Morris so hard you could make out the individual joints of his fingers? Must have been a much harder chop than I thought, because two weeks later the welt looks like it happened earlier that day. Amazing. Anyway, on to the match. Hikaleo is becoming a much better big guy. He could always do the big guy stuff, but until now he didn't have a sense of when or why he should be doing it. Since his strong excursion began, he's started to get a sense of where in the match he is, how to move through the match. He doesn't look lost anymore like he used to. He's still kind of big and kind of slow, but it's become the calculated methodical slowness of a killer taking his time, not the lumbering slowness of someone who has no idea what he's doing. Basically, he looks a lot more like Kevin Nash than like Giant Gonzalez at this point. This match has the simple story it was always going to. Morris puts up a valiant fight, gets in some decent offence, and then just falls before inevitable strength and power, making this the third match of the card where the victor was entirely obvious from the start. Post-match, Hikaleo continues his beatdown on Morris, pulling a table out from under the ring, but then we get a save from Juice Robinson. Okay, I can watch part two from these guys. This was a bit of a holding pattern of a show. We had one very good match, and two that just gently reminded you that the rest of the roster exist. On the other hand, there was nothing here that was actively bad. I mean, <laughs> it's not like they had a 28-minute Chase Owens match where he clearly didn't understand the rules or anything like that. At the end of the show, they made two announcements for upcoming weeks. First is that next week is an LA Dojo showcase, which could be a lot of fun. And the second is that we're two weeks away from them starting airing the matches with crowds. That's been a long time coming, but it was enough for me to end the show with a smile on my face. Thanks, guys. And until next time, keep it strong. Wow. Okay. Um, what he's talking about with the Hikaleo stuff, there's this type of working called the uh, stalking heat you know and the idea is that you know you're you're a bad guy and you're beating up the good guy and you're kind of stalking him around the ring and around the area and that's like kind of what you want to do as a book as a big guy you know what i mean and um it's really important you know that's one little itsy bitsy thing about wrestling as a big guy it sounds to me like he was describing some successful stalking heat from uh hikaleo which i like that yeah also I feel like yeah, she's going off again. But I feel like uh if he's if he's right with uh, Hikaleo saying saying Hikaleo's improved and getting better and stuff, I'm just like, well is is Tongaloa just like the one that just doesn't wanna learn or like get better or like Dude, we're gonna have to watch ten fucking singles matches with the guy nine. So nine, yeah, nine of them. What's his loss record? And he's in the G one. I know they need. I know. He's, yeah, we'll get to he's that. He's had three or four singles matches in New Japan. Period. All together. What's his win loss record like as well? Like, has he won I, at least one of them? Like, I don't know. Who cares? You know, I mean, like, eh, we'll talk about the G one in a little bit. But yes, this um. New Japan got kind of smoked this week by AEW, and um, they also they kind of smoked themselves. Though, you know, he's talking about this, uh, you know, Texas Champion match we're going to talk about here in a little bit. I mean, what the fuck was that all about? I have one line of notes for that match, and it's pretty much what I told you how I described the match to you on our on our chat. 
because uh, yeah. Well, do you want to get started then? Uh, Wrestle Grand Slam Night One. All right, let's do it. I but but we have to. So yeah. Dude, I was just like, oh man, I'm recording with Andy tomorrow. It's gonna be sweet, because I'm like, I'm on a wrestling high, I get to talk wrestling, and then I realized like, oh shit, I don't really get to talk in depth about all our. Because A, you didn't watch it, and B, it's a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. I'm like, fuck. I will say, though, um, Punk Derby. Yeah, I think I thought it delivered. Uh, Punk was kind of slow to start, but as the match progressed, he got better and better and better and worked well with Derby. I thought it was great. Anyway, I just want to talk about that before um, jumping into this. Let's do it, dude. Let's just rip this Band-Aid off. Because we start great. Uh, on both nights, I should say. Wrestle Grand Slam Night One. I'm at the MetLife Dome, and check it out. The thing we've complained about quite a few times on the Never Open Pod has finally come to pass. The Stardom Dark matches are televised with commentary. Yay. I know you didn't watch this one live. You said you had to wake up at ungodly hours, so I know I gave you a bit of playful ribbing on the Tweety about it, but I'm like. Eh. If he's here for the main show, I know he'll go back and watch the starter match. So it's no big deal. But we've got Micah and Lady C versus Momo Wanatambe and Saya Kanatami. And uh, I thought this match was fucking stiff as fuck. Uh, the first one that leaped out at me right away, I was like, ooh, who's this, who's this Micah lady? She's fucking badass. Stiff strikes, things like that. Well, I thought all the ladies got a really nice chance to shine. Momo hits a really gnarly-looking Snapdragon at some point. Lady C kicks one of the ladies' faces almost right off the head. Like, not the whole head, just the face. Like, it looked, <laughs> looked really cool. Uh, but uh, Saya Kamatami, who is pretty cool in this match, and I'm like, oh, I like Saya. What, what the fuck's going on here? She gets to the top rope and does one of the most amazing 450 splashes I've ever fucking seen. Like, oh, I was just gobsmacked by it. She does it on uh, Lady C and 123, Saya, uh, Kanatami, and Momo Wanatambe win. Uh, I thought it was a hot start. So, yeah, I was like, good luck, finish, good luck following that up, dudes. Uh, have fun with that. Yeah, um... So that was a Phoenix splash that she won with. Because you kept saying 450, and I was like, what is he talking about? I didn't see a 450 splash. So I was like, oh, oh it was a Phoenix splash. A little different. Um, so, uh, okay, let me talk about this in depth. All right, so I am in love with Lady C as a wrestler and as a person. Um, she is my favorite ever now at this point, and I'll tell you why here in a second. But uh, one thing I do want to mention, which I think is funny, is in the United States – um, when someone says it's a ladies match, we used to always make fun of that all the time because they, they would say it with that emphasis on a lot of the wrestling shows we go oh, to okay. the ladies match. And we used to always joke around like, this is one for the guys like that, you know, because that's kind of how it's like sold in the United States a little bit. Yeah. And it, it's fucking gross. And so, um, if we use the term lady, we are not using it in that term in any way, shape or form. Um, Yes, these women are absolutely beautiful and they're gorgeous the way they're presented and everything, but their fucking wrestling is fantastic. And that's what I want to talk about. Um, So these ladies, they know how to do fucking drop kicks. And my God, the drop kicks in this match are awesome. And they're not like they're not young lion standing in the middle of the ring 
you know, rip, pull my hands up and, you know, and, and jump in the air, standing drop kicks. These are like running drop kicks in the corner, all kinds of drop kicks, uh, mostly. Now, um, we have a move in this match where um, I believe it's Maika. Uh, she does a double suplex. She's like the strong man of the of the group of women. And yeah. so like two like her two opponents, uh, Kamatani and uh, Watanabe, Luke, um, they uh, <laughs> they go to try to suplex her. And she's like, no, nah, man, I'm going to suplex both of y'all. And that was one of the best executed double suplexes I've ever seen in my life. The timing was precise it was excellent and so that's kind of set the tone for this match for me like oh these women are fantastically trained and they know how to fucking wrestle so you know i've talked oh, yeah. about that many many times with the kind of like minutiae and little tiny details that i really like about pro wrestling and how that tells me like how guys in new japan know what they're doing and things like that that's the same thing that's going on in these matches here the, these women are fantastic to get wrestling and they know what to do so um one of my uh favorite moments is that lady c goes to the top rope and does a fucking top rope tomahawk chop okay yeah i love that all right i love that uh we had a leg lariat by kamatani tano on lady c i'm pretty upset with that but that was very good um but, but mike mike she <laughs> she saves saves <laughs> with a superplex all right um we had that big boot that you were talking about by lady c that was sold amazingly by her opponent um we had uh, a top rope an attempted top rope choke slam because as this is going on we have um fucking kevin kelly struggling to keep up because he's having a lag and he's being attacked by the ro the robot empire and uh you know he and and chris charlton did a great job because he was like you know, he was not having problems. So he mm. told me a lot of things about these uh, women that I didn't know. For example, that Lady C is kind of like the big woman of the match. She's not the strong woman. She's the big woman. And so she's doing moves like top. She's doing amazing and things like big, that. Yeah. Big, big man uh, move sets that, that you might see the great Kali do, but it, terribly. She's doing them well, like top rope yeah. choke slam she's trying to do. Um that move had a Rana counter and a Michinoku driver that was awesome for two. We had a huge head kick and release half and half German or half and half suplex from Kamatani uh, on Micah and uh, stereo second rope uh, knees from them. Uh, and then the Phoenix splash. I love this. This was awesome. I yeah. like this better than the second night. Uh, this was my favorite of the two matches. I, second, I like second night was good as well, but it was I like awesome. the very match. good. Uh, I agree. I like the second match, but I like this match um, better. It was just a really great start. And I'll only repeat one of the things from our ladies discussion. And that will be if I was to buy Noah, I don't have time to add another wrestling promotion to my wrestling watch list because I've said that before. But if I was to get Noah, the, the whole streaming thing, I'd also get DDT and I'd also get Joshi Pro Wrestling. So yeah. why can't New Japan and Stardom just kind of merge? Because uh, guess what, boys and girls, there's jack shit New Japan on until the start of the G1, and that's what, like over a week away? Well over a week, 10 days, something like that. And it, 18 how, days. There you go. How awesome would it be if in that time uh, I would, I'd be like, fuck, I really want to watch some wrestling. It's not a wrestling day. Oh, look, there's a stardom show. I'll check it out. Hmm. 
And yeah, so I, 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 you own both companies. Uh, I can only imagine that your New Japan is probably the more subscribed to one because it's New Japan Pro Wrestling. So why not uh, hook up Stardom? You'll get a lot more eyes on the on the product, I guess. If if uh, if uh, you know they both combined in, in the same way that uh, the Noah Universe kind of thing is. So yes, do that, everyone, please. Yeah, you know there's massive crossover between people that want to watch New Japan and people that yep. want to watch Stardom. You know, I mean that that's that's an obvious thing, and you're right. You're absolutely right. Yep. And uh, you know, so uh, I I can just imagine people going, I want bang for my buck, so I'm going to get the Noah Universe thing, and I'd be hard pressed to argue about that with people. So yeah, I want. To, uh, by the way. Did I mention it on the show or pre-show? I mentioned it pre-show. Like, uh, everyone's saying, oh, look at all the accolades Kojima has. He even won the G1. And I was like, fuck yeah, he did. It's an almost G1 season. I want to check out some of those 20, 2010 G1 matches because he won that year, right? None of it's on New Japan World. So they've got lots of shit they need to put on New World. <sighs> is, that, is that, Luke, is that what we call it when we talk before the show? Is that the pre-show? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Okay. Uh, what was the pre-show main event then? Uh, well, resetting the computer. Yeah, that's it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it's worked. It's worked. So uh, don't argue about it too much. But yeah, we'll go to our first show, uh, first match of the main show, and it's uh, Bushi and Hiromu versus the Flying Tigers. That's the first time Bushi and Hiromu. Ashi. For God's sake. Evil later. Later. Evil lost. Like, shut up. We know. She's like saying, evil. <laughs> but yes, we have Bushi Roma versus Flying Tigers. Now, Bushi and Roma haven't tagged for a while. So a little part of the story here is that um, Bushi and Hiromu have a little uh, tag team rust because they haven't uh, tag teamed for a while. Hiromu even puts Tiger Mask in the Joseph Cotton special, which is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> my notes say the kirk douglas special so, yeah, yeah that's a good one and uh <laughs> so yeah and uh it allows kind of uh robbie to take advantage because they're both a bit rusty and uh do some offense like uh also robbie rocking the blonde he's gone blonde now so uh, uh i guess that's a thing i don't know why i always notice the hair so much because my hair's kind of shit but that's all right Robbie stops like a, a rewind kick, which is something Bushi does a lot. So I don't see anyone getting out of that often, but uh, he dodges it and puts Bushi in the Clark Gable special. There's a, <laughs> there's a uh, turbo backpack and another Raymond Burr special, and Bushi taps out. Wow, you went just, hard. You went hard this yeah, week. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. I uh, racked my brain for old timey actors I know the names of, and. Uh, there's three right there. I almost said Perry Mason, but I was like, no, nah, fuck that. I actually know it's Raymond Burr. So I'm quite proud of that. Yeah. Remember that Perry Mason show? What the fuck was that all about? That was shitty. I'd rather watch the original show like 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Fuck you, yeah. HBO. They tried to make it too different, I guess. And I'm just like, when's Perry Mason going to be like, I don't know, like Perry Mason? Like, In a courtroom? 
Like, I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ, like it's episode nine and he hasn't even gotten in a courtroom yet. And we're like, the fuck? This is the prequel to the TV show? I mean, God. I mean, how are you going to not have that going on in the show somehow? I mean, what the fuck? Anyway, pro wrestling. Um, I was waking up during this match because um, I woke up right before this match started with my alarm just going like like i you know you had one of those dreams where like there's you're like right next to a bell and it's just going off and you're like what are you doing bell why are you going off and my eyes open and it's just my phone yelling at me to wake up um and so i woke up and i was like oh fuck because this this took place at 3 30 in the morning for me which was yeah. weird Still recovering um but uh so I didn't really watch this a whole much. Uh, you know, I watched it and I was like, oh, okay, so this is a match that doesn't matter. And, um, you know, I wrote down Kirk Douglas special and um, that's it. So there we go. Yep. So Solid Stuff is previewing the uh, title match, match for the next night, which by all accounts, uh, it looks to be amazing. I like their chemistry, but uh, we'll Luke, talk about their match. Luke, are you ready to hit the listeners with our controversial opinions? about these shows yeah uh do you want to do it now well yeah we're about to all right uh well i don't know what you have to say about this match or i can't remember but the next is show versus yo and this is my favorite night one match this is my I know favorite match period on the on the weekend so yes. yeah i think i think you might be right and I know you and I have ragged on Yo, but it does take two men to tangle. And uh, they both, you know, did their their jobs wonderfully. Fucking show comes out, new music. It's like video game boss music. It's awesome. His title, Titantron's pretty cool. And uh, it's just like this great heel look. There's a hot start with uh, Yo still has his jacket on. And, uh, you know, they fight outside. And show, man, I don't know how much coaching he had prior to this or or how long this has been in the works, but, man, show switches it up heel style, and it just feels seamless. I feel like he'd been wrestling like this for a while, even though this is, like, the first time he does it. And what's the first absolute heelish kind of move he does? He throws a young lion right at, at Yo. Yeah. This match is brutal show show always has this kind of ha, always had this kind of slow deliberate kind of style uh but this time it's it feels like a totally different vibe it, it's got that same pace but he's he's calculated and mean he's got this kind of lazy way he moves about him sometimes like he's just so cocky that this is like nothing to him or something like that it takes a while, though, for Yo to even mount some offense. But because Show, he just always has the answer, man. He's a fucking gnarly looking power bomb knee back break and move. I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> Yo does this gnarly looking drop kick to Show's face. And look, Yo, Yo I know in this situation, he's the baby face. So Yo had me almost believing that uh, he, he might pull this out with the calf crush a bit. Show gets out of it. He cheats his ass off. <laughs> and um, he chokes Yo out to ref stoppage. And I guess uh, this is what we always wanted to know. Where's Show going? 
and uh, evil Dick Togo and <sighs> Ijiro come out. And they're all wearing matching T-shirts. It says Bullet Club on the arm, like all Bullet Club shirts, but also says House of Torture. And I'm like, wow, four people in that group, and we've already got the jobber in the group. That's Ujiro, which yeah, means yeah. it's not show that's the jobber in the group. So I'm like, all right, I like this. Now, everyone listening knows that Mr. Andy is a Goto hater and a troll of Goto. Yeah. And anyone who likes to have some kind of argument or debate about the merits of Goto just feeds Mr. Andy. It just feeds him. So I am like that, but with evil, and I actually like evil. So the more people kind of go on about, oh, evil, oh, evil, I'm just like, yes, let me lick your tears. I love it. <laughs> Fucking, I love evil. I like him with Dick Togo, Nijiro, but I don't know, man. I, I, I felt like he was maybe Suzuki Goon bound or Empire bound, but I find myself surprisingly not disappointed. And you tweeted out straight away. Uh, Luke's probably going online to look for that uh, House of Torture T-shirt, and I will tell you right now, it's still not available. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> only you know, actually, you and lots of other people. Um. Okay, you ready for this? Uh, strap in, buddy. Oh, yeah. I got lots of Are you ready for this? Okay, so let's let's talk about heels and faces real quick first, and then I'm going to talk about the match. You have seen the movie. You will remember, as most people do, the movie Die Hard, right? Yeah. Um, Die Hard is a fantastic movie. It is a go-to example for me of how a pro wrestling match should work. Um, if you watch that movie, we have a kind of generic baby face. He's got a little bit, you know, he's kind of a smart ass a little bit, but there's not much to him. He's just some guy who has an ex-wife and that's it. That's all we know about him other than he wisecracks every once in a while. And he likes to make fists with his toes in the carpet, you know, because he learned that on the plane on his way there, yep. which is why he has no shoes on. Um, so it's one of those movies where it's all about the heel. The heel is fantastic in that movie. I mean, it's one of the best heels in a movie ever. He's the guy we remember. He's the his, you know, uh, Bruce Willis's reactions to that guy are who we remember. I mean, we remember ho, ho, ho. You know, I have a machine yeah. gun now. Ho, ho, ho. Remember all Alan, the lines from Alan the bad Rickman, guy. baby. Yeah. yeah. He's fucking awesome. And it goes to show you that in pro wrestling, you don't need a interesting baby face you don't need your baby face to have depth you don't need that now it's nice to have that but you don't need it you need an interesting and uh entertaining heel that's what you need and he makes the good guy stand out he makes the good guy someone that you believe in he makes the good guy someone you want to get behind because he gets heat on the good guy you know, and, and Bruce Willis has his feet cut up. Like, you know, the guy, poor guy is, is has is down to two bullets at the end of the movie. How can he possibly get out of the situation? There's this guy, you know, that's this is Russian dude or German or whatever he is talking shit to him the whole time. It's super entertaining because of the bad guy. Without that, you don't have a movie. And without that, you don't have a pro wrestling match. That's why this match is awesome, because show is a fantastic heel. Just like that. Yeah. Now let me talk about the match. He's evil, obviously now. Uh, he's with evil, and he's evil. Um, 
He's wearing all black, and he has that wild look on his face the whole match. And his Titantron is him with that wild look on his face, <laughs> which is awesome. He's completely changed his whole demeanor, his wrestling style, everything. And I noticed that Yo does not have a mean face. No. He, he, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that Wado has a better mean face than Yo. So again, he <laughs> has this like super generic baby face that's got nothing going on for him, but it doesn't matter because all he has to do is struggle against the interesting heel, and that's all he needs to do and be there for the moves. So he does. And, you know, we have, uh, uh, you know, something very interesting about this match, too, which I wish Chris Charlton wouldn't point things like this out, but he does. Um, he's like, hey, there hasn't been a pin attempt. We're like 10 minutes into the match. And he's like, no one's tried to win. It's like, yes, thanks, Chris. Um, but, yes, that's something that you're subconsciously supposed to notice, not basically, you know, maybe not consciously, because that makes you feel more that this is a real fight. This isn't, you know, Ambrose and Rollins in a cage match where they start doing chain wrestling. You know what I mean? After a giant <laughs> feud. These are two guys that want to kill each other. And so, you know, they finally try to win, but it's with submissions and they won't let go of them. Like neither one of them are like letting go of the submissions. And yeah. during these situations, show is screaming. He's selling his ass off. He's acting like he's going to die. It's fucking awesome. And um, Yo, he lets Yo win this amazing strike exchange, but there's a chump bump, of course, you know. And uh, Sho introduces the chair, and uh, Yo dodges it, but he must choose whether to use the chair or not. And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm generic babyface. Throws the chair away, and that's one of the reasons that he loses. You know, he decides to drop it in a low blow on Yo. Sho makes Yo tap out uh, eventually. I thought it was tap out because I think he – eventually got him to tap but um that's what i saw but um i think this is a fantastic example of how pro wrestling is supposed to work and it made me love yo and i love this match i think it's 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 awesome and i don't have nice things to say about every match tonight or, or tomorrow so yeah yeah this match was absolutely fucking incredible um and we can turn around on guys if they do a good job or pull a good match on. Just listen to earlier shows of this very podcast of me ragging on Great Khan. I don't rag on him anymore, uh, you know, and uh, I know we've ragged on Yo, but Yo was great. Yeah, this match was fantastic. They have great chemistry. I'd love to see them in the same block for uh, Best of Super Juniors or something like that. It's probably only going to be one block. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, this was... This was just fucking amazing. Amazing. Like, he got the totally new show, and he pulled it off perfectly. Man, it was just so well executed. And I'm like, wow, wow, all right. We had our preview tag match, but now we've had one of our first big matches. I'm like, fine, all right, we're firing on all cylinders. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And then and then Yano versus Chase happens. Now, I will say some positives. I was like, oh, he's coming out GBH style. All right, cool. Yeah. So, yep, that was cool. And this is my only note for this match, Mr. Andy. This is something I said to you on the Tweety as as it was going on. And I said to you, and this is my note, everyone, for the match, this is like a Triple H-style street fight. One of the boring ones. <laughs> Yano wins after 25 minutes by threatening to stab Chase in the eyeball. And this match was boring as fuck. 
I have a lot to say about this match, mostly bad. But uh, yes, it was nice to see old school Yano. He's fucking pissed off. Although, gosh, go away, come back, fun Yano, because that's who I like. I don't, I don't necessarily like old school Yano after Yano this match. matches. Unless you're Zack Saber Jr. or something like that, Yano matches should not go more than 15 minutes. Correct. Yes, I don't know what we're doing here. I don't know why these these matches were so long. But tonight it was like every match was just stretched and stretched. So there's micro or microphones all over the ring, right? They're like everywhere so they can grab them and be like, you know, hey, do you quit? Whatever. Um, and uh, the ref even has a Mike shoulder holster. Future bald ref is who it is. And I spent half this match looking for that on Amazon because I want that. So, um, you know, that's amazing. You know, like, I mean, can you imagine an indie ref having that? That would be awesome. So. I know a lot of indie refs, and my God, they would love to have that thing. Um, So it's just basically a hardcore match. We got trash cans. We got ladder straps. We got kendo. We got kendo. We got another can. Um, There's an SWF joke for you. And uh, Chase uh, <laughs> keeps giving our show shout-outs every time he gets asked if he quits. So um, that's a thing because he keeps going, never, never. So he must love our show. Please never listen to our show again. Uh, you're a piece of shit. And uh, let's see here. Uh, here's my problem with this match. It's weak as fuck. The, the moves are weak. All right. The the everything is super safe and very light. And it's just like, are you fucking kidding me with this shit? Like, there's a they do a ladder spot with with um the like like one layer of ladder. Like it's it's like one of those ladders you see you know uh, on TV. You know, only seen on TV where you can like bend it so it goes up stairs and stuff like that so you can paint the wall going up the steps that's what the ladder they're using is and and like chase barely goes through it oh it's it is this match is weak as fuck weak as fuck especially after what we just saw that was extremely violent and and extremely emotional this was shit now i do have an interesting thing about the uh about the um Ending. So this is an I quit no DQ match, okay? Yep. Which all I all I quit matches are no DQ matches, so that doesn't even matter. Um, Yano he pulls out these uh these scissors or something. Was it? Yeah. Okay. So he pulls out scissors, and I th and we think that like I thought he was gonna go with the Austin Tyler Morris finish because I saw an indie wrestler Austin Tyler Morris once beat his opponent, who was a egotistical heel with long hair in an I quit match by handcuffing him to the ropes and threatening to cut his hair. And the dude said, I quit, which I think is one of the greatest finishes of an I quit match of all time. So that is the greatest thing ever. Unfortunately, Yano uh, does not do that. He just threatens to stab Chase in the face, which is actually pretty cool. It's the only scary thing in the match. And Yano's king again. So that's good. This match fucking sucks. Yeah, and also, like, who cares about Chase's hair? I don't think even Chase does. It's just, like, slicked back in a ponytail all the time. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Um, love me some Yano. Um, I wish it on Chase a lot, but at least during their lead-up, they actually tried to make it interesting, but 28 minutes? No. No. Especially when the main event goes for 17 minutes. What yeah. the? F yeah, get it out of here. When you're longest, why is Toriano in the longest match of the night? It is. It is the longest match on this show. What? <laughs> uh, it should be the shortest match on the freaking card. 
Uh, yeah, so yeah. We have an announcement announcement next because this is cleaning and disinfecting. And this this fucking ruined the night for me. I, I know that this is shitty and I'm being petty or whatever, but we're getting three nights of Wrestle Kingdom. I'm about to back you up here. One so we get we got January fourth, January fifth, and then January eighth. What is happening? How are we supposed to watch that in America? I have to take that week off of work. That's the only way I can fucking watch that. And that's fine. I'll do it. And, and I, I just was fucking pissed off by this because I think that less is more. And I don't think that more is more. And that's what we're getting. We're getting too much. And I just I, – I, like on, the, on these two shows, we have a fucking meaningless tag match at the beginning of the show. All right. So we we they have too much, but not enough. I don't know what they're yeah, doing. that's what that's where that's what I'm going to say here, Mr. Andy. All right. Uh, in theory, I don't mind the idea of three Tokyo Dome night or three Wrestle Kingdom nights in theory. Uh, in practice, I'm just like, you want to do three nights at the Dome with the roster that you have now? How? No offense, New Japan, but maybe Wrestle Kingdom 16 should be one night. Um, and, you know, like, you've seen the roster they've had for this whole time. It's been mostly the same guys. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't shit on them too much for that. COVID's COVID. It is what it is. But with the roster as it is right now, you want to do three shows at the Dome. So unless you've got some fucking surprises coming up in the next few months... Uh, I uh, I don't know, man. So you you ready for you ready for Yujiro versus Okada on night one? You ready for that? Because that's gonna happen. Or you know how about uh, how about let's see what's another stupid singles match that could happen? I mean Yujiro you, you, versus Ethan, you know Yujiro versus no, Okan. No. What about no, any no. of those men? No 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 no. You didn't even say the worst one. We're gonna get Yujiro versus Tongaloa. Oh no. <laughs> but uh we're not up to that yet what we are up to mr andy is uh jeff cobb versus kazuchika okada i hey, well, hang really on, hang on. Yeah. if you're excited about three nights of wrestle kingdom i'm happy for you it'll be yep. fun we'll watch it but i mean of fuck course. when you do when you do a podcast about it it makes it really hard man because i i want to watch this stuff live and like this ruins my life for a week like, I mean, fuck, what am I, I just, I'm really pissed off. And and this ruined the rest of the night for me because I was just like seeing everything through shit colored glasses. So I apologize uh, for my shitting on everything, but I was just fucking pissed. Cause I'm like, really New Japan? Okay. Like you said, this should be a one night show for this year for the love of all that's holy. And I just always thought New Japan was about tradition. And now we're just destroying traditions that have been going on for 20 fucking years. So anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. All right, so bear with me here. I'm going to put this match over, but I will say that I feel like Cobb should have just won the last time, and that's the end of the feud right there. Uh, because I think I like that match just that little bit more, even though I did not like the finish in that match, which was Okada winning. And they did the same thing for that build-up for the previous big match between Okada and Cobb, which was 
Cobb wins all the tag matches, all the tag matches, all of them, every single fucking one of them with, loses the main the main match. So it's the same build-up this time, exact same one. Cobb beats every tag partner in every tag team preview match, every single one of them. And then here we go through the Akata match, and I'm just like, well, if it if he loses to Akata a second time, and then, well, what the fuck are we doing? So... I really like this match. It's uh, I thought it was amazing. It's very much kind of in that kind of longish Okada match style. And uh, Okada does get offense in this match, but Cobb pretty much kicks his ass for most of it until there's like that time for the Okada comeback, you know, with the uh, the spinning uh, lariat that he does and, you know, the tombstones and all that kind I'm of stuff. Bitch. Yeah, when he yeah that's right. I'm a bitch. <laughs> and I would have been I think I would have been mad if Cobb lost this one like no I don't think I it, I definitely would have been because I'm just like commentators are putting Cobb over he's had such a great year I agree except for one thing don't tell me he's won all these matches by the way when all of his big important matches he's fucking lost so don't try and tell me he's got this impressive record he does if he's tagging and with Cobb's position right now in New Japan, I don't want him to tag. I want him to be fucking solo. No offense to you, Mr. Okan. Tag with Hanare. But <laughs> I want Cobb. Like, for me, I feel like Cobb's, like, either a favorite or to win or a favorite to win his block. Uh, <laughs> no. See, no. I don't think so. A part of me wishes that, but I look at the – we'll talk about the G1 when we get to it. About – I thought this was a pretty good match. A really cool finish here. We got a top rope tour of the islands and yeah. picked up straight away. Another tour of the islands. So that's like, you know, first class trip to the islands right there. <laughs> Jeff Cobb finally beats uh, Kazuchika Okada. He finally gets that big win that his push has needed all year. You've been pushing Cobb all year. What month is it? Fucking September. And now he gets his fucking big win. Took Way too long for that to happen. Yeah. Okay. Um. So the match is good. It's a good match. It's not yep. great, in my opinion. And that's just me. Um, every time Okada gets some offense strung together, Cobb uses strength or, you know, or, or works uh, Okada's back and takes over. Okada tries high-flying offense. It gets caught, like, every single time. Okada gets a tombstone and puts on the money clip and we all throw up. And then, um, you know, Cobb is like, nah, man, reverse tombstone. <laughs> it's just terrifying looking. That was awesome. Um, and, yeah. and uh, you know, then a regular tombstone and then tour of the, nope, Okada hits the Rainmaker. And I'm, I was um, angry because of the, uh, of the Wrestle Kingdom announcement. And I was just poopy because it was fucking five in the morning and I had slept like one hour or whatever it was. And you've turned into me, man. Like there could be perfectly good wrestling on the TV, but because that guy just came out and cut a promo, uh, <laughs> I'm going to shit on David Finley versus Jay White. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I was, yeah. I was real poop, poopy here. Um, but, but also because I've seen tons of Okada matches and I, it is at this point with me and Okada. Now, listen, I love this guy. He's an awesome wrestler. But at this point yeah, with yeah. me and him, 
it's kind of like watching John Cena in 2007 or something like that, where it's like, oh, five knuckle shuffle. Oh, okay, he's going to win. Or whatever years he was the man, 2012, whatever it was. When everyone was sick of him because he just wins every fucking match. That's kind of where I'm at with Okada. Right, exactly. So that's kind of where I'm at with Okada. When he has Jack, I get angry. And so I was already angry. So this match was making me angry. When Cobb won, I was like, oh, good. And then I realized, oh, wait, this is just so that, you know, because Okada has not beaten Cobb with a finish yet. He beat him with a, like, roll-up thingy, right? So he he hasn't beaten him with his finisher yet. So that's still, you know, this is not about Cobb, is it? It's about Okada. And so when, if they meet in the G1 or whenever they meet, Okada's going to win with with his finish. So um, that's where we're going with this. Maybe I, I just, you know, yeah, they are in the same block. And so this is just setting up a story for the G1 so that when Okada wins, um, you know, I'll get even more angry there. So I'm sorry to be poopy about it. Uh, the finish is fucking fantastic. The moves look great. I love seeing Okada try to do something and get caught. Um, I also love when he goes, I'm a bitch. That makes me laugh every time. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's my little my little joke. And, uh, you know, I was just – I was pretty much done with this point. <laughs> Fucking fuck everybody. And I was just like, yo, versus show was so good. What's up with this re- the rest of the shit? All right. So, yeah. 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 Man, they haven't had a proper direction for a Carter for – well, since he lost that title over a year ago, like, right? <sighs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so they want to keep him strong, but they also don't want to do anything with him. Like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, I don't know. But uh, let's go for it. Our main event is Kota Ibushi versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. And I like the match as I was watching it. I'm not dissatisfied with the, the quality of the in-ring, but it's 17 minutes, and it's Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kota Ibushi. So... Kind of made me. Uh, I'm like, wait, Yano versus Chase got more time than, than this. Um, um, yeah, my my brain hurts. <clears throat> but uh, we get United States title intro music. I I write on the Tweety. I want Tanner. I write on the Tweety that I want Tanner to beat the fuck oh. fucking crap out of Ibushi for unifying the titles. But so, uh, both- yes, your tweet was awesome. And some fucker on Twitter was like, tweet was like. Twitter, he was like, is this the first time we've ever seen the intro video for the United States Championship belt? And I just wanted to fucking throw my phone. I was like, no! No, it's happened before. Definitely has happened before. Uh, But uh, I always like mentioning them because every every title intro gets its own style of intro music. Yes, it's awesome! So uh, I kind of like that. Both men are kind of teary-eyed before the match starts, which is pretty cool. Uh, and they just go for it, wailing on each other at the same time. And then it's just like a, a switch flips inside Ibushi, and Ibushi just starts laying into him. Even like Tanahashi laying on his belly, and Ibushi's on his back just as fucking laying in vicious elbows and shit. And then I felt like, the story of this match was Ibushi went into like this kind of uh, violent place, whereas and, uh, and Tanahashi just fucking matched him. Some gnarly looking sling blades. I know he missed one. Tanahashi missed yeah, it. Got that, up. Right? Got up. 
and just did it again. No big deal. It happens. It's, it's fine. You know, even even the best in the world, you know, it's fine. It is what it is. But once you hit those sling blades, he, the way Ibushi lands on them, oh, mwah, absolutely perfect. And I'm like, all right, he's done the high, uh, the crossbody high fly flow. I'm like, all right, cool. Now Ibushi will get his legs up because I still felt like this match hadn't gone on for that long. So I'm expecting uh, Ibushi to put his knees up. Uh, and he doesn't. High fly flow. One, two, three. And I'm like, really? Really? You've got Koto Ibushi versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, and they don't even go 20 minutes. Like, wait, wait, what? Hey, but what? I, that, that, I didn't get that. Like, I didn't... Just, like, the shortness of this match kind of confused me. Uh, I thought, I don't know, man. I felt like... It was short. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you think, Mr. Andy? It's good, so we, but short. We've talked many times about my uh, metaphor about gears, you know, about car gears and and what gear a match gets into. Mm-hmm. Nothing on this night got in. You know, I mean, maybe the Yo versus Show got into the fifth gear a little bit, but nothing got into gear six or some gear we didn't know about. This was underwhelming. You know, and and I I get it. Maybe maybe Ibushi needs to go easy a little bit. Well, then maybe don't put him yeah. in a fucking main event. You know, for yeah. a title shot. You know, I mean, goddamn, mm. it's like I I don't understand what this was. Especially exactly. a dream because match as, like Ibushi and Tanahashi. And and none of the storyline that you talked about was in this. I mean, like what? I just. I thought this was it's I mean it's a good match it's fine on its own if you just watch this match and you don't know anything about rest you know about these guys you're like oh this this is pretty good I like these guys you know but it's it's just not great what I think this is supposed to be a big deal we didn't even talk about what this place looks like it looks just like the Tokyo Dome it's set up just like the Tokyo Dome baseball show this is this is wrestling Grand Slam and I've learned now that wrestling Grand Slam was kind of like a glorified house show is what it is because this is a decent house show main event. That's what this is right here. Now, um, they have one part in it that I really, really liked that I thought was fucking awesome. And that was that they, they both kind of like injured their left arm. So they just have this right arm only strike exchange, which is pretty cool. I really like yeah. that. Um, Tanahashi cries after he wins and he does the fucking, you know, guitar stuff. And it's like, it's good for the fans. It's good for them. It wasn't good for me. Now, if you had of if this match had happened in in, in a, a year before I watched New Japan Pro Wrestling, and you had of said come up to me and been like, "All right, the recommend for this week is Kota Ibushi versus Hiroshi Tanahashi," I'd be super excited. I'd load it up and be like, "Oh, cool! It's uh, seventy minutes. Yep, yep. All right, cool. Let's do it." But Watching this match in context, it's short. Um, it's a good match, but it does feel kind of unsatisfying. And that's not kind of the response I want from an Ibushi Tanahashi match. This is a Wrestle Kingdom match, and they had it here. And yeah, yeah. Am I happy to see Ibushi back? Oh, fuck yeah. But uh Yes. If if you told me he needed another two months to recover, I'd so understand. I'd understand that. Or 
he needs to be off until the G1. I understand that. This motherfucker doesn't need to wrestle until the G1. He won two in a row. There's his bona fides right there, right? So, I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel about it. We, yeah, we had some, some you know, like, um, you know, jammed in story going on here, too, where we had uh, Shingo on commentary, which it was good to see him because we haven't seen him on, you know, New Japan TV yep. in a long time. So uh, he was on commentary and there was kind of like a stare down a little bit with him and Ibushi. But I mean, it's just I, their their main event storyline is a fucking mess right now. And it's not their fault necessarily. However, it's a fucking mess. And I mean, what now there's two champions, but there isn't because remember the one guy, he's like, I am the champion and I'm in America. And he's like, you're you are going to hear from me all the time. And then we don't hear from him again. Like this is. This is a mess right now, and I'm really, yeah. I'm just worried. I'm worried, man. I don't know. And and this has happened many times over the past year and a half, where it, they've they've put on a big show and it's been not so good, or they've been kind of completely lost, and then they redeem themselves. And I'm excited. The G1 will be good. There'll be some bad in there too, and we're gonna talk about it. But it's just, I'm just, I'm just worried right now. <laughs> really worried. So. Yep. Do we both love New Japan Pro Wrestling? Fucking hell to the yes. And I don't see us uh, stopping uh, because we both love doing the podcast and stuff too. So, look, but we get it. Uh, This is not 2019 New Japan. This is not 2018 New Japan. It isn't. Um, And it's not entirely their fault, but I don't know, man. It's tough. Yeah, so let's let's get into it. We got... uh, New Japan's Wrestle Grand Slam Day 2. And we start with what's not as good as the previous night, but still a really cool dark match. We've got um, uh, Siri and Julia versus uh, Saya Kamatami and Momo Wantanabe. You pronounced that surname better than I did, but you did fuck up Kamitani uh, earlier, so fuck you. I did, yeah. Uh, look, I found, unlike the first night, I found this match took a little while to get going, but they did tease me. Jesus Christ, my cat's going off today. I know. What's wrong with her? Jesus Christ. She's, she's got talk about Evo. We'll get there, okay? Damn. Yeah. Um, Charity's just looking at me apologetically because she's tried to uh, – Told Ashy to be quiet. She's probably already fed Ashy. Yes, yeah. She's nodding. Good charity's nodding her head. Uh, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's it, this is the background. Give me music some headphones. Her. She just wants the podcast. What's the big deal? You know. Yeah, that, that's true. But uh, one of them, I think it's uh, Shuri. I think it's her. She has this title, and. I, I kind of like the concept of this belt. I can't remember what the name of it was, so forgive me, but the concept of this belt is if you have this title, you can't wrestle someone of your own nationality, which uh, forces the champion who has that belt to wrestle people from different places who have different (laughs) styles and all this kind of stuff. And apparently uh, Sayuri, who has this belt, is half kind of Japanese, half um, Filipino. So because of that mixed heritage, she is also, she is allowed to wrestle, um, you know, all the Japanese stardom ladies. So I like for that title. 
for the yeah, title. For, yeah, for, for that title. So I gotcha. kind of like the concept of that because it forces them to kind of have different interesting matches for that belt every single time. Uh, anyone listening to us who watches Stardom, is that what that belt is like? Please, uh, if you know any, anything about Stardom, let me know. I found that yeah, quite... Ian. Yeah, Ian. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I really like her. This one took, as I said, this one took a while for me to, to kind of get going, but when it did, I was like, holy shit. Uh, Kamatami and Sayuri was very stiff. In fact, I think this uh, Shuri chick was uh, chick. My apologies. I say that a lot. Uh, lady, lady, say lady. Lady, no, oh, it's the chicks wrestling. But fuck that. I, I, I love this kind of stuff. Suri's like just getting strikes and asking for him. Come on, come on. She's tough as hell. Kind of never too. They took it both her and uh, Saya Kamatami took each other's heads off. It was awesome. But there's a numero dose on on uh, Saya by Suri and those two, uh, Suri and Julia, win. So, yeah, I, I know there's Momo Wantanabe in this and Julia as well, but uh, it was uh, Kamatami and uh, Sayuri. I've pronounced Sayuri, 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 500 fucking different ways. Sorry, everyone. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I wish I wish Stardom in New Japan were more connected. So yeah. Well, we can I, just fucking watch Stardom. I mean, I'm sure their service is five bucks or something like that. But I've got way yeah. too much fucking streaming services. I, I don't know, man. I'm not I'm not ready to give up New Japan. I'm I'm just not. <laughs> I don't think I ever will be. <laughs> I know. Um. Okay. So Moma is in this match, and she handles both of her opponents for a while, and she hits a fucking jumping big boot. And then her opponent's kneeling, and then she hits, like, a running big boot. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, something very funny happened in this match, too, that no one talked about or no one even noticed. Um, so there's a big crossbody to the outside. All the ladies are on the out. The ladies are on the outside. And one of the ladies, she does a big crossbody. And randomly, a female security guard just slips into the group and helps catch and then just slips right out of frame. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I also want to yoke my pants out. So um, these uh, the tag team, they're the tag team champions, the Joya, uh, Julia and Siri, Syria. Um, they are the tag team champions of uh, of Stardom, and they yep. have yoked out pants. And what that means is their pants have no inside to them. It only covers the outside of the legs, not the inside. So I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to start yoking my pants out. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I just, I don't care what anybody says. I love that. Uh, we have fancy counters, uh, left and right, uh, and cool near fall after a big roundhouse. And like you said, there was a tap out at the end. Um, the tag chap champs win. So they're, they are also, you know, champions. So of course they're going to win, but I really like this. I thought it was fun. I just want to see like a long singles match, you know, uh, of stardom and, and, you know, because, I'm assuming that's where the, the insane bumping is going to be a little more. And that's what I want to see when you see um, these ladies wrestle. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. No one bumps harder than Joshi wrestlers. And you'll see it on these like big boots and things where you have an opponent running at another opponent and, you know, someone's supposed to take a bump and they are like landing on their upper shoulders as hard as they fucking can. What's the thing? Um, Stone Cold always says you got to attack the mat. You know what I mean? These ladies attack the fucking mat. <laughs> it's awesome. I also 
believe that they're working in a ring that they are not used to working in. So I think their ring's a little smaller. It could be. I could be wrong. But um, they did a great job. I love it. Yep. And, uh, yeah, agreed. So uh, someone on the Tweety, and uh, I can't remember who tweeted this out. So sorry, uh, person who did that. Uh, but they said, uh, if you if you like these women you've seen these last two nights, just remember, like, these are the mid-card ladies. Right, yes. And yes. I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Very good stuff. And then we start day two of the main show with uh, another nothing match. Look, Ishii's not in the G1, but he's here for this show. Uh, I... So... He's fucking off to America for a while, so there's not going to be any six men. I know you don't care about the six men never tags, but um, you got maybe look, maybe you should have had Ishii drop this belt before I uh, all three of them drop the belts before Ishii starts spending some time in America in the G1. But I guess no one's really defending their titles during the G1, so it doesn't matter. That's fine, but it just feels weird that Ishii's just here for this random ass tag match, and he's going back to America because it's it's fucking weird, man. It's Okan on the cob versus Kazuchika Okada and Tomohiro Ishii. Ishii and Okan have a pretty great start. Uh, fucking Cobb throws Ishii around like a sack of shit. <laughs> just fucking whoa. Uh, all right, there's only one part of this match that I didn't like. Uh, Ishii's on the Tree of Woe. Okada goes to, uh, Okan goes to slide into his face, and his foot barely touches him. And uh, I'm just like, yeah, all right. Well, obviously, I don't really want you to kick Ishii in the fucking face, but, I mean, yeah. Maybe a little. Just a little, you know, enough for me yeah. to go, oh, shit. Not, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're, the sole of your foot just lightly touched him. Uh, but that, other than that, Ishii and Okan have another great exchange, and I got kind of excited here because finally they remembered that Okan on the Cobb is a two-man tag team and not a fucking one-man tag team because Dominator and Okan pins Ishii. Awesome. And he gets this the win. This match is very good, um, except for yeah. Okan. I'm, I'm sick of him. Um, you know, I, I just... I'm fucking sick of him. And Ishii and Cobb together, that's a match you want to see. Um, they are in opposite blocks in the G1. We'll talk about here in a minute. But uh, that's unfortunate because I would like to see that singles match. It may have already happened, maybe even for the Never Championship at one point. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, it, this new Cobb has not faced Ishii in a singles match. And um, mm-hmm. I'd like to see that. I love that Okan gets a, a, a pin on a you know on a a champion and a big win on a big house show thingy so you know i I just wish he could win a singles match and and i did mention on twitter um on the night one i was like oh finally a guy from uh, the united empire besides shithead wins a match a singles match and my god the internet was like well actually Okan beating Aino a while back. And I'm like, yeah, I remember, but I had forgotten because it happened so long ago. And he couldn't possibly win another fucking singles match between then and now. So, yeah, fuck, agreed. fuck you, Internet. Also, Cobb and Ishii were on the same block last year, but this is like the last year when Jeff Cobb gets like fucking four points or something really dumb like that. So... Yeah, I think Ishii beat him, but you are right. He hasn't fought this 
uh, Cobb, but Ishii's not even in the G1, so yeah. You sure about that? Pretty sure. Uh, one, two, he's three, four. Thing, so. Oh no, he's there. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is there. I'll shut the fuck up about that. So uh, anyone who's like, yeah, actually, end, so. Luke, actually, but, but they, yeah, they are in different blocks. Yeah, they are in different blocks. So Jeff Cobb's in B block, but we'll, we're getting close to some G1 talk. But let's let's get it. Let's get this match uh, done. It's uh, El Desperado and Yoshinobu Katamaru versus the Bullet Club Cuties of Shredder and El Fantasmo. And Suzuki Goon's mission seems to be to mess up ELP's leg and f- fuck up his chances of using the sudden death. Hell yeah. Yes. Really, really smart stuff. Like, I will say, even though I feel like I've seen these four men wrestle each other a million times, they did different stuff here. There was some story progression in terms of the sudden death, things like that. So uh, they tried to make this kind of fresh and interesting and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we need more juniors because I've seen this match a few times already. So, uh, look, I'll just say that. But, yeah. Uh, So... uh, uh, one of the, I think it's, I can't remember if it's Yoshinobi Kanemaru or Lesperado, but one of them is in the tree of woe. And I'm like, nope, they're going to stand on his crotch. But no, they actually do drop kicks to his face first. Then they do the crotch <laughs> stuff. I'm like, okay, all right, cool. They have both of them up there at one point and they do double crotch stops. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, yeah, they do. That That is true. And uh, I, I figured like El Desperado is getting pinned or something like that. Like it, it came pretty close. He's taken a fucking beating. He gets like a stomach sudden death. It's like a CR2 Pinche Loco by uh, uh, El Fantasmo. Then there's a bloody cross. Then a Thunder Kiss 86. And I'm just like, well, this match is over. Nope. Katamaro in for the save. There's uh, loaded boot shenanigans. Like his boots uh, come off and stuff, uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, El Desperado, rather than uh, show everyone what's in the boot or whatever, he puts his hand in the boot and then fucking punches El Fantasmo right in the face, <laughs> and the, the, he sells his hand big time. Pinche Luco, and we have new junior tag team champions with uh, El Desperado. And Yoshinobu Kanemaru. And apparently uh, a lot of this is because both of the Bullet Club cuties, or at least El Fantasmo, are going to America. So uh, I, I guess that's something. That's We won't see this match again for a while, so I guess that's something. But also, yeah, just send all your juniors away. What the? You need these juniors. What are you? Anyway. Uh, Do you want solid- time, you know? Solid stuff. It's a good match. We have seen it before, but at least it's some uh, kind of story progression and stuff in terms of that sudden death thing. So I like the match. What did you, what did you think? Yeah, this is very good. This is a very good match. Uh, at the beginning, ELP, everyone's on the outside, and he teases his huge springboard moonsault. But instead, he just jumps into the ring and flare struts and then jams his knee. <laughs> and that's the beginning of his knee not working and, and you know, and Suzuki Goon Boy like, oh, fuck, his knee's messed up. Let's fuck it up. You know, so they go after it. Um, and eventually Bull Club takes over, though, and they work on Desperado's arm. Ishimori and Desperado do a bunch of cool shit, as they are wont to do. Um, mm-hmm. We had that hilarious double stand on your crotch spot that we talked about. And then this was pretty funny. So 
so we have Ishimori. He's got Kanemaru. He's forcing him to give him a blowjob. You know, it's fine. It's within the context of wrestling. I mean, they consented when they, when they, you know, the idea was like, oh, you want to have a match? Yes. Okay. That's consent to force a blowjob. So he's forcing Kanemaru to give him a blowjob. And ELP's like, whoa, I can't do a moonsault. My leg doesn't work. So he just does a, a blowjob senton, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, Suzuki Goon, they go after the knee to keep him from doing the any offense, but especially sudden death, of course. And ELP hits Desperado with the Poncho Loco, according to my notes, but it's Pinche Loco. And uh, apparently, apparently Desperado is not Tenzon because, um, like, he kicks out. And, like, Tenzon gets hit with his own move and he gets stretchered out and is out for like three weeks. So, I mean, you know, I guess Desperado is not as old as Tenzon, you know, so I missed that was so much fun. Um, you know, that that shit at the end was really funny. We also had a hilarious ref bump where uh, the the ref gets pushed so hard that he spears Ishimori. That's <laughs> really yeah. funny. That, that made me laugh. Awesome. Um, and the, the finish was great. This was creative. This is this is good stuff. And I think of all the matches I've seen between these guys, I think this is my favorite. I really like this. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was good stuff, and if this is the last match we see with these four men for a while, uh, they finished their kind of feud and story on a high note, in, in in my opinion. So cool stuff. And next we have the triple threat match. We've got the Chaos Boys, uh, Yoshihashi and America Goto, versus the dream team of Tetsuya Naito and Sonata. And the dangerous takers, of course, Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. And look at this. Naito looks more like a pimp than Yujiro ever will. <laughs> his his pants have a cape. Did you notice yeah. that? <laughs> Dude, Naito is just straight pimping now. Like, look at that. He, he looks jacket. absolutely yeah. amazing. He's just like, I'm going to Hugh Hefner this up a bit. Uh, you know, with the, the smoky jacket and all this kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah. And then, of course... Uh, Something that I still really appreciate and see is Miho Abe. She comes out with uh, the Taker. So this is cool. I like the start here because an argument develops as to which two te- which teams will start the match. <laughs> this is a lot uh, a good, great match, but uh, there's like a lot of moving parts. Like I'm like holy shit, don't know how I'm gonna kind of review all this stuff. But it it look. I had a really good time with it, but I got scared because I was thinking Sonata's going to shit on my afternoon, isn't he? <laughs> I'm like, fuck. You know, I wouldn't be so mad if Sonata was the tag champs if Naito got the pin, <laughs> which is really yeah, weird fair. because he'd still have the tag titles. But I don't know. I like Naito. That's the difference. But, uh, you know, Taichi did me a pretty good favor. He, uh, he tags in when Yoshi's getting his ass kicked. Uh, he tag, he tags uh, Sonata out, and then uh, he continues kicking Yoshihashi's ass, and uh, the Tekkers retain. So, yes, I'm very happy uh, that the, the Tekkers retain because they've only just got the tag titles back. So I, I, I get annoyed when someone gets the title in their first defense, they lose. So uh, I'm kind of glad how some of these matches turned out. Uh, over oh, the, are you, Luke? Are you? Are you glad? Son of a bitch. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I know. We'll get to that in just a minute. 
But uh, I thought it was really cool action-packed tag team action. They don't really do too many triple threat matches ever in New Japan for any reason. And we're going to talk about another one of those rare triple threats uh, in the recommend portion. But uh, I thought it was solid stuff. Never really... Uh, I think I liked uh, Dream Team versus Techers at the previous show better. Just the four of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, way better. That was, like, one of the best tag matches yeah. ever. This one's, yeah. like, that with with dickheads shoe, shoehorned in. That's what it is. So, um, literally dickheads, you know? So, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Naito's outfit's awesome. Uh, the smoking mm-hmm. jacket and all that shit. Uh, Naito also helps Taichi sing his theme. And Miho is not happy. She is very upset with Naito. <laughs> that shit is hilarious. She's, like, offended. You know the 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 he is interrupting. I mean, because like, you know, the relationship with between Tai Chi and Miho is none of our business, of course. But he seems to be very dismissive of her, but she worships him as she should, you know, as we all do. And so, you know, Naito interrupting him is just not okay. Uh, Ref Chumpy is in way over his head in this match. I mean, oh, he's like, like he's trying to mitigate this issue at the beginning where they're trying to figure out who's going in. And I'm just like, oh, poor poor Chumpy, he's gonna get killed in this. Match. He's getting buried. Um, everyone chokes each other at the beginning, and we have yeah. like a hilarious, like like everyone's choking each other spot. And then Naito offers a truce with Chaos. He offers to, uh, you know, for them to join uh, Lij. And of course, it's Goto and Yoshihashi, and they're like, "Well, we're not going to do anything cool, so no, we're not going to, you know, we're just going to kick you in the gut because that's all we can do." They're dicks, of course. Uh, Sonata, oh my God, there's a part in this match that is so funny. Sonata is getting beat up and stomped in the corner, and the person who's beating him, yeah, there you go. The person who's beating him up gets tagged out, like like kind of a blind tag. You know, like in a triple threat match like this, guys get tagged out when they don't want to be tagged out just because they're in a corner where another guy mm-hmm. is at that. That's what happens. And Sonata, they stop stomping him, and he looks at the ref like, really? That guy got tagged out? Great. So, and then he doesn't get beat up anymore, and it's really funny. So. Part was really great. He's just surprised by the fact that he's not getting beat up anymore. Yeah, um, this guy's not tagged in anymore. Like, I don't need to kick this guy's ass. It's fine. Yeah. Well, no, he was getting his ass kicked by him. Oh, but yeah. yes, um, incredible hot tag by Zack Sabre Jr. He tags in. He's hitting offense on everybody. It's going so great. He's running wild, brother, brother, brother. And Goto cuts him off. Um, and and uh, Yoshihaki is ready uh, to punch, it says. Uh, but just sits in the corner while Goto and Zack Sabre Jr. sit in a waistlock. Oh, remember this? Okay, so Yoshihashi is ready to do a move, and he's supposed to run in and attack uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Maybe Zack Sabre Jr. gets out of the way because he's in a waistlock with Goto, and then there's kind of some shenanigans there. And and Zack Sabre Jr. is looking at him, and he's in the waistlock, and Goto's behind him looking at Yoshihashi, and they're both looking at him. And Zack Sabre Jr. even goes, yes! Go like like fucking nods his head at him and Yoshihashi just looks at it. He's like, was this the spot? I thought we we're doing a different spot. Did he get knocked? So then they they have to readjust the entire whole situation in the ring to fit Yoshihashi because he can't change something on the fly because he has to go in whatever order they said. And so then they do the stupid spot and it's like, what the fuck? Fuck you, Yoshihashi. You suck. Um. Goto and Yoshihashi get a tag move on Naito, and Goto celebrates before the pin, and it gets broken up, of course. He looks like a giant asshole, as he always does. 
Everybody's down, and Miho gets the crowd up. Fantastic valet manager shit right there. When when the wrestlers are down, you're up. When the crowd is down, you're up. And so she does a great job there. Crowd gets fired up. Goto's jealous, though, and he wants cheers, so he does a dive. Goto does a, a dive. Um, Yoshihashi sucks. Uh, he's just clearly not on the same level as the rest of these guys, you know. Even Goto is like way better than him. Um, there's an mm. endless skull end on Yoshihashi, and he keeps powering out of it um, and refusing to go out. It's like, what the fuck is the point of that move? Um, it's been a while since we've seen, you know, Sonata put someone in the endless, um, you know, uh, a skull end that doesn't do anything. They should call it the skull beginning. Uh, what, what yeah, skull beginning. Let's call it that. Or skull middle. You know, it's like it doesn't end anything, you know. Um, and like you said, when he's going up for the moonsault, Taichi sneaks up there and tags him on the foot. The ref's like, tag! And fucking Sonata hits the moonsault. Taichi comes in, gets the win. Fucking great finish. Techers celebrate with Miho. And there is an amazing picture by that Taiga photo a person that just makes these yeah. awesome pictures on, oh my God, it's amazing. It's just of them smiling and being happy and nothing makes me happier than a happy dangerous techers. That's right. And it was a black Mephisto to end the match, of course. Yes. So yeah, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, uh, so, so that was the triple. Oh territory. shit. One more thing. I'm sorry, Luke. I forgot one more thing. Go there's on. a part of the, there's a part at the end uh, where, um, Tai Chi hits this fucking hilarious sumo roaring elbow on on Goto. He like he does the sumo thing, like where you know like spreads his legs and then does this little like jumping. Tai Chi does this thing where he runs real quick with his feet, like his feet like a real quick, and then he does like a lariat or something. Well, this time he hit an elbow. It is funny as hell. So there you go. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So. All right. Here we go. We get the announcements for the G1 Climax. And uh, let me just uh, go through the names. So we've got A Block, Kota Ibushi, Tetsuya Naito, Takagi Shingo. So we're going to get Naito Shingo, by the way, which is... That's good. Yeah. And we're also going to get a rematch between uh, Shingo and Ibushi. Awesome. We're also mm-hmm. going to get uh, Zack Sabre Jr., and Toriyano. So, yeah, so we got Ibushi, Naito, Shingo, Zack Sabre Jr., Yano, Tomohiro Ishii, <sighs> Yujiro, Kenta, I'm uh, like, awesome, uh, Tonga Lola. What? And the Great Okan. Yay! So I'm a super excited. For Great Okan to make his G1 debut, uh, and there's, because that's all that it's all, almost except for maybe Naito, that's entirely fresh matchups for him. Yes, uh, and absolutely. I think he's had uh, some run-ins with Yano, so that's going to be really cool. But uh, these are going to be all singles matches, so I'm excited in that respect for for Mr. Okan. Uh, it's 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 decent. I mean, you take out Tongalo and Yujiro, you got a pretty pretty decent block there. So, but you got to have a couple guys, I guess, to get no points. But uh, our B block, <laughs> B block, we have Sonata, Taichi, Yoshihashi, Goto, yeah. Jeff uh, Jeff Cobb, yeah. Evil, 
Tamatonga, Chase Owens, Chase Owens, Kazuchika Okada, and I'm like, all right, it's the last name. They're going to announce a surprise. But then I'm like, wait a minute. They haven't said Tanahashi yet. And it's Tanahashi. And I guess a lot of things can be said about this lineup. It's safe as hell. It's kind of featuring all the guys that have been either regular or semi-regular with New Japan since COVID. Uh, It's not my favorite of... Out of all the G1s I've watched so far, this is not my favorite lineup. But I don't I don't know what you expected. I don't know what a lot of people expected them to do. They're not going to put juniors in this. It's their, it's their main heavyweight tournament. Uh, the the, uh, the dads, as much as we're like, well, why not a Tenzan? Or why not especially a Nagata or a Kojima or or someone like that? Well, they've they've retired from G1s. Well, like, and they're fucking alternates right now, too. So, yeah. you, I mean, that's something we got to worry about here, you know? <clears throat> exactly. So, look, I, I look at these blocks, and there are some matches I'm super fucking jazzed for. Uh, super jazzed. Like, uh, all right, off the top of my head, Jeff Cobb, Tanahashi, Taichi, Tanahashi, Taichi, Evil will be interesting. Uh you know, things like that. I'm just, uh, <sighs> I wish Sonata was in the same block as Zack Sabre Jr. and Yano because uh, those are fucking highlights for me. But uh, I think A block is that little more stacked uh, with uh, potential matchups that I'm looking forward to. Um, but, you know, it's fine. There's going to be some great matches in this. There there are. There, there will be some great matches. There will even be some surprises. But it's it's still pretty safe lineup. It is, I guess it is what it is. Uh, I think everyone on the Tweety is shit on it more than I am right now. But uh, what do you think, Mr. Andy? It's, it's, um, it's fine. It's about what you can expect for New Japan at the moment. Just like these shows, it's underwhelming, and and that's fine. You know, I mean, again, we're lucky we're even getting a G1 in the situation that we're in. Here's the problem. I'm just really worried that this is going to get messed up because, like, you know, yes, people can get injured, and that, you know, that can happen every year. It doesn't typically happen. Uh, However, you know, people can get COVID, and, like, I'm worried about this getting all jacked up because of that. So we'll see what happens. Um you know, there are other folks I'm sure that could be in this that we don't know about yet because of things like COVID and, and stuff like that. So we'll see what happens. I, I'm sure there will be fantastic matches, of course. I'm sure the finals will be exciting. I'm sure Sonata won't be in the finals this year, you know, and that'll be great. So, um, you know, this there's so many wrestlers in this that need to be re born so to speak you know you got abushi you got naito you got kenta you got um you know okada you know and and even tanahashi to some extent um i have to say i am very disappointed about one particular matchup that's not going to happen in this in this tournament unless something crazy happens and that's abushi versus taichi that was one of my favorite matches yes. last year it was fucking awesome oh, um, we are getting kicks. Yeah, we aren't getting a rematch of that, unfortunately, but we are getting Jeff Cobb versus Tai Chi, which would be fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
And it'll be fun to see Sonata try to wrestle circles around someone like Jeff Cobb, who he will not let him do that. So um, I'm very concerned about Tonga Loa because he is, as we said before, he's had four singles matches, I think, all together in New Japan, maybe less. So his matches are going to be bad. There's a real good chance he's going to pull a Fale and just get DQ'd every time or something like that. I'm sure they'll make it entertaining. I mean, we were really concerned about Yujiro last year. And he ma- he had one of my favorite matches of the tournament, which was versus Jay White. So, you know, yeah, I mean, that is true. and that's the big thing, though. No Jay White. And, um, you know, instead we get Texas champion guy. So that's a problem right there. However, this turn will be great. We're going to cover it. Obviously, it's coming up. We got we got some match recommends we're going to talk about tonight and then no more match recommends for like a month because we're going to be talking about only G1 going forward, and I'm excited about that. However, you know, I, I just was hoping they would get one guy, just one, just one, one guy from over here. I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be John Moxley. It could have been Eddie Kingston. It could have been anybody and someone, just some fresh blood to get some kind of like new matchups and stuff would have been fun. Uh, the yeah. year that uh, that John Moxley was in the tournament was really awesome, and I'd like to see him back in it. And it's shocking to me with all the talent in AEW and all the favors that New Japan's doing for them that they can't do one for Japan. There's got to be a reason for this that we don't know about. So, I'd say the the biggest thing is COVID, or maybe I don't know. Who knows? Look, it's a safe lineup. It's fine. We are going to get some freshness, especially with Greater Khan in A Block. That's going to be really cool. Uh, I'm still excited for it. Uh, this, like, the wrestlers involved are going to try and make this a really good G1. The only problem yeah. I have, yeah. well, not the only problem, I've guess I've got a few, but I look at this lineup and I'm like, every, every, last year I said it and I didn't get it. And I feel this way again. I want someone who's never won the G1 to win it. And I'm like, well, uh, I don't see that happening this year. Taichi's their only chance, right? Taichi's their only chance. But he's he's got the tag title, so I don't think they'll go that way. Uh, Naito's not winning because Shingo's the champ. So Sonata's not winning either. Uh, so I see it either as being like Okada. Tanahashi won't win. He's got the US title. I think. See, I can only imagine like... Okada or Bushi winning this, yeah. and I've seen them fucking win a lot, and I've had a Bushi win two years in a row. I don't need three years of a Bushi. Sorry, everyone. I know everyone loves a Bushi. I like a Bushi too, but uh, yeah, no. I don't know. Unless unless they're gonna set up for Jeff Cobb Shingo again, uh, which I'd love, but I don't know, man. I see them. I see this being a safe lineup, and I see them choosing someone safe to win. Yeah. You know what I'm looking forward to, though, is the hipping and the hopping and the rapping. And that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> All right, dude. So let's go into our next match, which um, at 24 minutes and seven seconds, I feel like it's short. Uh, and. I'm going to put this match over. I like it, but I feel like it was short, even though it's not necessarily a short match, especially when the commentators keep going on about fucking how long this match might go, et cetera, et cetera. So they're kind of p- building me up for that. And I'm, I'm like, all right, cool. 
It is Robbie Eagles versus Hiromu Takahashi. It's uh, for this junior heavyweight title. And when this match was over, I was super happy that Robbie retained because he hasn't had a successful title defense. And uh, Hiromu hadn't lost the title the last two times he's held it. So uh, I would have been happy either way, really. But I, I'm super biased and super happy that Robbie retained. But I thought it would be – towards the end, I thought we'd get another fight out of the uh, – I oh, can't think of any more old motherfuckers – the William Shatner special. But – no, Hiromu taps out, and even though this match was longer than Tanahashi versus Ibushi, I had I was left with kind of the same feelings. As much as I enjoyed both matches, feel like they were a little too short. Uh, is now you theorized that they were protecting Ibushi a little bit because he's just come back from illness and all that kind of stuff. Do you think and See, that theory doesn't hold water because Hiromu did 29 minutes with fucking Doki. Like, but yeah, Hiromu taps out. There was a super turbo backpack, which I really liked as well. <clears throat> it's solid, but I think I wanted to I like it a lot more than I, I did. What did you think, Mr. Andy? Well, first, I would like to mention that this match is kind of a catch 44, right? Which is way more than a catch 22. It's <clears throat> double, right? Double. So, um, which I watched is a, a movie called yeah. Catch 44. You did? What? There's a movie I called did. Catch 44. And, what do you uh, mean? Before you even start to get curious about this movie, let me just tell you, it's got Bruce Willis in it. What? You covered a Bruce Willis movie called Catch 44? I had no idea. I just yeah. made that joke up out of nowhere. Um, so, I have a problem with this match, right? And and it's it's... You know, it's it's uh, first world problems of pro wrestling, and that is I thought this was very good. I need it to be great. I need this to be great. Doki versus Hiromu was great. This wasn't great. That's my opinion. You know, and and uh, there's some really cool stuff in here. I do. We did get a question from um, Lexus Montez. He wrote uh, in with a question um, uh, to my my phone. So you didn't see this yet, Luke. But it's a question for you. Luke. It's directly to you. And it says, how many bandanas does Robbie Eagles need? All of them. All of them. Like, I reckon backstage, he's just like, hey, do you need a bandana? And he pulls a bandana in his pocket, but it's tied to another bandana, which is tied to another bandana, which is tied to another bandana. And just keeps... <laughs> He's pulling out bandanas. He pulled them out of his mouth. Remember, yeah. remember there, was, there was like that wrestler that was a magician and he would pull the bandanas out of his mouth. But, yeah. By the way, anyone saying, anyone complaining that, oh, why is Robbie Eagles wearing green and gold empire-ish kind of colours? Well, green and gold is the Australian Olympic team colours and uh, we just had the Olympics and stuff. So, and he's... You know, he's kind of representing Australia for New Japan. So, yeah, he's wearing the green and gold. It's a so all, of, all, of Australia, all of Australia, it's confirmed now they're in the United Empire. So that means you are, Luke. Shut up. Okay. Not, so uh, Catch 44. 
Yep. The match is has a really tremendous opening uh, running the rope section. Robbie nearly breaks his legs on a somersault senton dive. Uh, uh, then he works over Hiromu's <laughs> leg, of course, because he's trying to soften it up for the Bella Lugosi special. You yeah. know? And uh, he, he goes for it early, and uh, we get a rope break, of course. Hiromu brings back the apron bomb, um, which is cool, but Robbie takes a real safe bump on it, of course. Rumor's bleeding from the mouth a little bit. Time bomb gets a two after some action. Uh, some crazy reverse DDT thing. The coolest move in the match that kills Robbie Eagle. That was awesome. Uh, Hiromu tries a top rope code red, uh, but Robbie goes back to the leg. Robbie does a top rope turbo backpack, which is fucking sweet. Uh, super yeah. kick, uh, 450. Bell Lugosi special. Hiromu taps out. And then my notes, what's it say? It says F. What's that? How's that word? That word's fuck. The second word's off. Oh, fuck off. That's what it says. Um, because I just, I wanted Hiromu to win, yes. But that did not color my thoughts on this match. I told no, you before this match, I told you before this match, this was a make or break kind of like match for me where I'm like, well, can Robbie Eagles be great? You know, because I haven't seen it yet. And I love him. I think he's great. He's probably a nice guy. I mean, he, he loves us or whatever. I think he's great and everything as far as the personally. I just, I haven't seen him be great in the ring. I've seen him be very, very good, but not great. And I'm just waiting for that. And I thought that was going to come here and it didn't. And I was disappointed in that. I was also disappointed by what happened after the match. What happened after oh, the yeah. match? But look, do you think that, 30 minutes with Doki was maybe a little too much too soon, and they decided to kind of tone it down for this title match, something like that? No, no. I think this is Robbie Eagle's matches. This is what they're like. That's what I think. He doesn't do well, dangerous shit, dude. Well, I liked Robbie Eagle's in this match, so yeah. But, uh, <laughs> look, I just this- want, I want, I want, I want, like... Bumps that look equal to what Hiromu's taking. You know what I mean? I when 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 Hiromu goes for the apron bomb, just fucking fall. You know, go with him. Don't don't stand there and then hang on the ropes and go, wait, I gotta make this nice and soft. I think a lot of wrestlers you know, do the soft version. They all do it. It pisses me off. I fucking hate that. Because Hiromu's killing himself. And I just you know, I know I'm just some smart mark going off about things that I like or don't like, but I just, I, the reason why I'm angry about it is because I want him to be great, and I'm frustrated that, that I don't think he is, and that's just my opinion. So I think, I think the thing is to, you know, who Romeo's going to bump, and I think the, maybe it builds his expectations like, well, if Romeo's going to bump for you, motherfucker, bump, bump for him. Because yes. he, yes. he is a, Pretty wild with the bumps. Like, I liked the match, but for me, it was just like, I felt like they were just getting started and it was over. So yes, that's kind of where I am. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. It's very good. It's just not great. And that's this whole weekend of New Japan. It's, it's this, good. There's some good shit. It's not great. The next match, th- what happens next kind of pissed me off, yeah. even though I'm not upset by the potential rematch. El Desperado comes out, and I'm just like, why? Yes. He just won the fucking tag titles. I've been saying this for ages. Stop intermingling the tag titles with the junior title. They're separate, but they don't have enough juniors, and two more of them are fucking off to America, or at least El Fantasma is, which means who the fuck is Ishimori going to tag with, unless he's going as well. So He is. He is. So you've just lost two juniors. 
which is not good. Uh, man, I I would have preferred show. I would have preferred show. He just like new heel show versus uh, Robbie Eagles. That's kind of like I've seen this and I know it'll be a good match. It was good the first time. But El Desperado comes and does something. I fucking is. I've been annoyed by this for months. He says, "Wait, I want to go at your title. I know you beat me." This I'm paraphrasing you, of course. So I don't speak a lick of Japanese. Uh, I know he speaks. <laughs> some, I, know he, I know he speaks some English here too. So I'm still paraphrasing, right? But he, he says something to the effect of, "Yeah, I know you beat me, but uh, wait, I want another shot at your title. And in return, you can have a shot at mine." Oi, I'm Australian. And, I want another shot. Title, knife, uh, Paul Hogan. So, so uh, El Desperado says you can choose any tag party you want, and of course he chooses Tiger Mask. They did pretty well in Junior Tag League, it's fine. But I'm just like, stop intermingling these titles. Can't yes. Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado have like a tag team title feud? You know, another thing, you've sent two juniors to America. And you broke up another junior tag team with Show and Yo. What are you doing with this division? There's only two tag teams now. So. Oh my god! And they're not even real tag teams because one of them is Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask. <laughs> what the fuck yeah. is this? Oh god. We're gonna get to the main event. Yeah. I know they're trying their best. So we we just uh, this is our job. Our job is to give our opinions. So we're not gonna like you know, be like, well, this is pretty good. And, you know, there were some things I don't like, but it was still very good. You know, we're not going to do that. We're going to tell you what we think. And this is what we think. So here we are. And and you guys are going to be real pissed off when you hear that we both fucking love the main event. So. Uh, that's pretty much what I was going to say. I loved the main event. <laughs> fucking loved it. Everyone getting pissed off at evil and his shenanigans? You're supposed to. Oh, oh it's boring. I hate it. Yeah, I know you do. And so do the fans. But it's not about evil winning with his cheating ways. This is about making Shingo look to be the fucking top baby face in New Japan, which is what you want because he is a baby face and he's the fucking champion. So this match to me was all about kind of solidifying that and actually have someone retain that title for fucking once. Right? So I. I loved it. This is exactly kind of what I wanted in this match. Uh, now, I know you pointed out that Ishii did this in another match, but Shingo does this really cool because you've got all the House of Torture douche, douches doing their utmost to make sure Shingo gets his ass kicked and uh, Evil comes out on top. But uh, he manages to set uh, Evil and Dick Togo up uh, where uh, Abe, I kind of don't know what Abe's first name is, but, you know... Abe-san, but yeah, well, Abe, that's, yeah, anyway, uh, so <clears throat> Tick Togo and Evil are fucking dazed, and they're sitting on the chairs there, and he grabs uh, Sho and Yajiro and just slams them in for that spot. I know Ishii did that before, but this felt really satisfying when he, in, uh, Shingo done that. This is about Shingo overcoming the odds and being the fucking champion. This is the story of this match. I never thought Evil would win. I, I didn't, <clears throat> and I love Evil, and I wouldn't have been mad <laughs> if he won because no, we uh, would have been laughing our asses off. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, man! 
but uh, I don't think they want to piss off too many people when uh, New Japan is the way it is. So I never thought <laughs> this is all about the story here is Shingo, right? So there's so much cheating in this match, though, that <laughs> LIJ, even LIJ, who never help each other in their own main title matches and stuff, are like, you know what? Fuck this. And there are a couple of people on the Tweety, and I know you and I thought it too, and we're just like, I hope Yo doesn't come out. And he doesn't, because uh, I know we like Yo from that previous match and stuff, but Yo mm. and LIJ, mm-mm, no. No, no. Nope. Uh, but uh, look, I, I enjoyed this. This was everything it needed to to be. Shingo looks like a fucking hero after defeating evil, and I like it. I, I really did. Uh, I'm, I just guess I'm not saying a lot of the moves stuff. There's lots of cheating stuff that that frustrates people, like the big and dom- abdominal stretch, chain stretch, which I love. And you show me a massive version of that from some old timey wrestling show you went to. Awesome. Glad that's taken on. Everyone hates evil. Oh, look at this long abdominal stretch chain. I'm like, yes, everyone hates evil. Shut up. <laughs> well, that's not. It's not. They weren't watching New Japan. They. Uh, I'll tell you about that in a second. But, All right, sorry. but. But that's he's the first person I saw start this kind of thing. So, what you know, yeah, you got low blows, chair shots, you got show and Yujiro blatantly beating up Shingo in front of the ref, and Red Shoes is just like, nah, fuck off. But they come back out because he ref uh, Red Shoes gets fucked up, and the fans are like, mm, I don't know about this, and everyone on Twitter is just like, fucking hate this. I'm like, just relax. Shingo's winning this. It's 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 gonna come. It's fine. It's like this is exactly what it needs to be. I had a good time with it. It's Last of the Dragon one two three, and it's probably the first time uh, in months, months and months that we've had all five members of Lij in the same ring at the yeah. same time. Cool. And yeah, I like it. It was cool. I don't know if I'm right about this, but I I think the last time they were all in the in the same ring together was at uh, Jingu Stadium when they celebrated and all the fireworks went off at the end of that. I could be wrong. That could have just been uh, uh, Naito, but uh, that's it, it was around that time. Okay, so first of all, just to tell you about I, I went to old wrestling, which is like the coolest thing ever, and you can I think we talked about that on Never Round, did we? I don't know, but fuck it, it's our show. Do it again. Yeah, I want. Um, well, I'll explain the spot. It's awesome, and if we didn't talk about it on Neville Realm, I'll go back and listen, and, and we'll talk about it on the next one. But it's a fucking really cool. And if you want to hear all about it, just listen to the Road Home from Wrestling episode that I did on it. We brought the podcast back just for that. Um, but uh, what they did is they had all these bad guys. They, they did a lumberjack match at the end, which they called a runoff match because it keeps people from running off. <laughs> it's so it also had to do with an election that they had and, you know, William Howard Taft versus uh, Volstead of the Volstead Act. So it's all this cool shit, historical stuff. But they did this spot where all of the um, lumberjacks on the bad guy's side, they did this big, long abdominal stretch. And so the ref would look at him. And when the ref would look at him, they they just go, oh, well, we're shaking hands. And they'd all start shaking each other's hands. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then when the ref looked away they started grimacing you know into it <laughs> fantastic spot that show is one of the greatest as one of the just best experiences live experiences with wrestling you can ever have um but this match okay so it's shenanigan city you know it's gonna be 
And uh, I love that. I thought it was so much fun. Um, Togo, okay, so we have all the shenanigans going on. Red Shoes tosses the torture house, huge pop, you know, from the crowd. Like, wow, you know, he, he tossed them, and that was funny. But Togo comes back out, right? And he interferes during the finish. Then Yujiro hits Pimp Juice on uh, while the ref yeah. was pulled, and he took a chump, and, and, and then, you know, ref takes a chump bump. Um, Togo uh, keeps running in over and over again. And then Bushi comes out to clear the ring, so he gets a payday. And uh, Sho kills Bushi, and then uh, Sho kills Shingo with the same chair that he killed Yo with. So that's going to be his gimmick now, is he's going to bring out a chair, which is awesome, because that's also part of something that Evil does, because he yep. does the chair chair neck. And uh, Naito and Sonata run in, and they kill Sho. I was really hoping that that would be the end as far as, like, I wanted show to be the last person to cheat. Like, if Evil's going to win, that's the way it's got to be. But Evil wasn't going to win, so they didn't do it that way. Um, and uh, Evil hits a low blow on Naito. Uh, the title's in the ring. This was spectacularly blocked, all right? Because what happens is that as Naito goes down for this uh, – this um, low blow. Someone, I think Togo has the he has the belt. He gets taken out. The belt drops right next to Evil. All right. So Evil, you have this awesome New Japan camera shot, which they did not hold on long enough, where the camera is right by Shingo's face. He's selling, and in the background we see Evil smiling and picking up the title. I was like, oh fucking hey, that's what I want to see. That was awesome. And so. That was some of the best like blocking in pro wrestling when, when Dick Togo first showed up and I was bitching about all the, you know, complaining about all the, the run-ins and stuff. I pointed this out to you and everyone else out there in the listening world that this kind of thing is not easy. And there is a lot of skill involved in timing this stuff properly. And this was a very, very complicated fishing finish with tons of moving parts and they executed it beautifully. So you know, whether it's someone doing a double moonsault while another guy's getting, you know, forced to have a BJ in the match or whatever silly move. You know, we got we got a bandito match we're going to talk about later that's got some fucking insane moves in it. Whether it's that or it's one of these like complicated finishes like this, that's still highly skilled pro wrestling that you're watching. So um, whether you like it or not, I get that it's a subjective thing, whatever. The crowd is fucking on fire for this finish. Evil begs for mercy, um, and and then tease they tease a low blow finish, but uh, you know Shingo catches it. Um, they had this big like test of strength over the belt too, which was pretty cool. Uh, the crowd's on fire. Pumping bar, last of the dragon. Um, Shingo wins, and Shingo is the strong mega baby face with friends, a force to be reckoned with in New Japan. Yep. Does it, it strikes me I, when I watch Evil doing modern Evil stuff, I feel like he's having fun. I feel like he's he's really digging this kind of evil being evil kind of uh, shtick, and maybe it just rubs off on me because I've always had a big soft spot for Evil, which is only kind of grown because he feels like one of the few characters or wrestlers in New Japan over this COVID era to get any sort of character development, which I appreciate. And I know they probably did that because COVID, oh shit, we need to mix it up at least a little bit because uh, we don't have a lot of wrestlers and stuff. But I don't know. I I am on board. I've just refreshed Pro Wrestling Tees and yes, that House of Torture shows. 
not up yet, and I reckon it'll go up as soon as Labor Day specials on Pro Wrestling Tees finish, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm gonna, I'm just going to do it now. I'm going to go to the All Elite Wrestling section, and I bet you fucking $5 redos that Adam Cole Bay Bay is there. It's loading. Oh, yeah. Yep, all elite Bay Bay American Dragon yeah. is back. Bay Bay t shirt, mm-hmm. Ruby Soho t shirt, Bay Bay. I don't know why I'm saying Bay Bay for all of them. I've never really. By the way, I'm excited for him turning up because I missed his NXT run. So, uh, he's fantastic. And he's a fantastic. lot of wrestling fans that I respect, you being one of them that has seen Adam Cole wrestle, tell me he's fucking amazing. So, uh, I'm super jazzed and excited for that. So, yeah, those three T-shirts are already up. The, the American Dragon, Adam Cole, and Ruby Soho. So I'm just like, all right, let's go to New Japan. Torture, fucking torture, motherfuckers. I'm just like, eh, it's not there. <laughs> torture, motherfuckers. You know that, right? From from uh, Wu-Tang. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I put your nuts on a dresser, just your fucking nuts on a dresser, and I bang them shits with oh. a spike wooden bat. M-E-T-H-O-T, man. Yeah. <laughs> Shit's so funny. Fucking love that song. I'm going to sew your asshole clothes and keep feeding you. And feed. <laughs> he, he seems like that kind of guy that uh, you don't want to get into a, 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 a ripping competition. No, with, no. He's just going to fucking smash you, yeah. See you. M-E-T-H-O-T, man. Yeah, he'll take, he'll take a, a coat hanger and put it on the... On the uh on the stove till it gets like red hot and then stick it in your asshole like he'll do that. <laughs> you don't want that, right? <laughs> okay, um so Luke, remember before when I was talking about Die Hard and I was talking about this like super charismatic bad guy and how important that is to this this storyline that we have in pro wrestling and how that works and everything. What if this? I'm just you know being devil's advocate here a little bit because I love evil and I find him to be great. But I could see where people see that he misses, he lacks that like outs that outstanding charisma that some bad guys have that can make like that show showed, for example, in his match. Uh, and that's why people don't like evil is because they they weren't here or didn't necessarily like him originally. And I think that's kind of the problem is that the people that really liked him when he was King of Darkness still like him. And the people that didn't don't. And I think maybe that's it is they never saw any charisma in him. They never saw the Hans Gruber or whatever inside of evil. And that's why they don't like him. Yeah. um, I think for me, I I was like, oh, who's this evil guy? He's cool. Then he was like the the original. I've said this a few times. He's the first wrestler I ever saw pin because it was Greg Carter, and I was just like, "Oh, who's this guy? He's cool." And I've been on the evil train ever since. I know a few episodes ago, I, I was like, "Man, this evil stuff's getting a bit tiring." But I think a part of that for me was also like all the stories in New Japan were getting a bit tiring at that point. Yes. yes. Uh, so yeah, uh, I liked Evil versus Shingo. It was good. I, I bet uh, I bet Evil doesn't drive a train. I bet you his fan like bandwagon is a Dragula. That's what I'm thinking. Nice bit of Rob Zombie there. I got as soon as I saw uh, House of Torture and stuff, that did make me think of like uh, Rob Zombie movies as well. So yeah, <laughs> and I can even see them eventually 
leaving the bull club and just being house of torture i can i can see that why not it's fine yeah like the firing yeah. squad they're gone right they they left the bull club right uh no they're in the g1 dude <laughs> <laughs> so we do have uh recommends our, our last recommends for uh, quite a while i'll uh, i'll start us off and i think it's pretty coincidental also apropos that uh the match I chose for my preview was from uh, 2011, July 18th, at New Japan Seoul. It's the uh, semi-final match. It is Satoshi Kojima versus Minaro Suzuki. Uh, for some reason, Kojima's theme is entirely edited out. Uh, yeah, I guess copyright things and stuff like that. But uh, I thought this match was never as fuck. There's zero cheating, and I don't think they even go to the outside this is just pretty much all told in the ring with uh, Kojima just trying his utmost to beat the shit out of Suzuki and just Suzuki lapping it up and taking it to Kojima. Uh, Kojima nearly takes Suzuki's head off at one point, though. It was really fucking cool, but uh, Gotch-style pile driver. And, of course, the, the, the leader of the new faction, Suzuki Goon, beats the old leader of the army, uh, Kojima. I thought it was, uh, yeah, pretty fucking good stuff. What do you think? Like, uh, even Charity looked up at, at some point to watch some of this match, and she was just like, Kojima's got a lot more vigor in this match. And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah he's 10 years younger, but it's true. Uh, I think Satoshi Kojima is aged gracefully and it's kind of taken a step back and toned it down, whereas I think a lot of us, even though... He hasn't been around that often. Still see Minaro Suzuki at, at the same age as Kojima is still being a legit kind of threat. So, yeah, uh, I like old. I like I love new Kojima. By the way, he's so adorable and awesome. But old old Kojima, you can see why this guy had all the accolades. Like, you can see it. He's just fucking amazing. So yeah, I, I love this match. What do you think? It's awesome. They they meet again in the G1. Yep. That was, uh, that's going to be my next I, preview one day. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Um, and, and I'm interested to see what happens there because I think Kojima will get his revenge and they'll be cheating and stuff that he has to overcome. In this match, there's no cheating, like you said. I really miss Suzuki's old music. Uh, it's just the same song, but it's got, like, guitars at the beginning and stuff, and it's fucking way cooler um, I don't like the newer one. I mean, I still love it, but I, the older ones. I know better. I miss Suzuki's anime uh, villain hair. That shit is fucking righteous. It is awesome. That spike coming off the back of his head. And uh, they, so at the beginning of this match, they like clutch in the ropes and uh, they're both just growling and cheating. Like they're like, they're both like, Rawr! you hear Kojima doing the high pitch. Ah, you know that he does. And, and Oh yeah. These two hate each other. <laughs> Suzuki's growling, and they're both trying to claw each other's eyes out. Literally, it's fucking awesome. And so finally, Red Shoes gets uh, control of them. And Suzuki's real smart in this match because he uses what? Uh, let's see here. He uses the ropes. He uses ring posts. He uses the guardrail, and he uses his arms to try to destroy the baguette of death. He was like, well, I am not getting hit by that. And uh, it worked really well. Uh, Brett fires up after uh, he gets kicked with two PKs and then he sits up like Undertaker. 
I posted that on Twitter because it's fucking amazing. Uh, Cross arm breakers has Kojima in big trouble. And Suzuki uh, gets the rear naked choke kind of like out of nowhere, like as Kojima's firing up and doing his shit and everything. And he goes towards the ropes and boom, bounces off him. Here comes Suzuki. He's got him behind him with the rear naked choke. Gosh, it's pod driver. And Suzuki is like, yeah, I'm going to celebrate, but I'm also going to walk to the back. And then here come those two little shits. Taichi and uh, <laughs> and Taka Michinoku to come out to celebrate on the entrance ramp with Suzuki, and they're like, "Fuck you, Kojima." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> they didn't even need to help Suzuki like, win. really hard. <laughs> that, it was awesome. I'm so glad I watched that. That was fucking great, man. Dude, um, I'm so glad you chose this recommend because. Of, I had to go first. I'd be like, where the fuck do I start? Uh, I do want to <laughs> just point out before you go into it that Bandito's theme is so ECW. It sounds like something an ECW wrestler would have had as a theme tune. Bandito's well, that's music. That's fair. But yeah. Well, he is, he is like an ECW wrestler a lot. And you know, he's that's like, not that's not an insult, by the way. I, I, no, I no. But yes, Dude, uh, fucking. Perry Saturn and Canyon were, I mean, the Eliminators. Come on, man. Oh, There's man, some tremendous so wrestling in ECW. Uh, I know Canyon. There's a lot of people who love Canyon. I do too. But, man, Perry Saturn was one of my dudes. Like, I, I, I loved him. Yeah. Anyway, what's your recommend? My recommend was from April 6, 2019 in New York. It's the G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden. And it's a triple threat match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. It is Bandito versus Dragon Lee versus the champion, Taiji Ishimori, a.k.a. Shredder. Um, we have Cole Cabana, Kevin Kelly, Caprice Coleman, and Ian Riccoboni all on the call. So there's like five million voices you're hearing the whole time. <laughs> Um, you had just mentioned Caprice Coleman recently and how you wish yep. he was back on New Japan. Um, strong. We, put him on strong. Please. Yeah, put him on strong. No shit. There you go. Uh, it's a spot fest. I mean, this is just like fucking insane spots. At the very beginning, there's an insane run into the floor from Dragon uh, Lee on Bandito. And then Ishimori comes flying out of nowhere with a moonsault, <laughs> takes them both out. It's fucking awesome. Um, forget, I forget how great uh, Dragon Lee's strikes are like his strikes are top notch. They're as good as anybody in New Japan, and that's why he fits in so well there. His knees look like he's taking people's heads off, like Kenny Omega's do. They're awesome, and he hits them all the time. Um, it's mostly one on one, unfortunately. However, they do like they do mix in three man spots here and there, and they are the three man spots are fantastic. So you know it's pretty great. Uh, we had a huge pop-up cutter from uh, Bandito on Ishimori. Ishimori got up huge. The announcers are calling um, wrong moves right and left, which is pretty funny. Kevin has to help them. Um, you know, I, one guy, there's like a power bomb, and like three guys are like, oh, power bomb. And one guy's like, tiger driver. <laughs> like, no, what? <laughs> so I don't know what's going on there, but it's pretty funny. Then we have this move. All right, so they're all fighting on the top rope in the corner, and um, Bandito's like, oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. And he gathers both guys in his arms and cradles them ever so lovingly and flies through the air with the greatest of ease. His teeth were like chiclets, and he was moving and grooving, and he hits a double Spanish fly. Now, he doesn't flip double times. He hit both of them with a Spanish fly at the same time, and Cole Cabana screams as loud as he can, that's not even a real move. 
<laughs> and that made me laugh. That was a great call. If I ever do commentary again, I am stealing that. That is awesome. Everyone gets a chance to win. Orange Crush type thingy from uh, Dragon Lee, and he beats and he pins and Bandito. So Ishimori loses the title without getting pinned. I'm sure there's a rematch and etc. But um, I don't know, man. I mean, this is this was also like 11 minutes long or something like that, and all that happened in 11 minutes. So selling is not something we're doing in this match. But what do you think no. of this, dude? I love this. <laughs> I can't remember who does this move. There's someone who gets uh, launched over the the top rope, and what uh, I think either Bandito. Or Dragon Lee is standing on the apron, and as he's and as the other guy's thrown over the top rope, he lands on the on the the guy on the apron's shoulders and runs him out to the floor. And I was just like, what? And that's this whole match. Yeah, there's little selling and stuff, but it's high impact. It's fast. I expected Issue Mori to win because he's I guess he's the, the champ, but he's not even involved in the decision. So I think uh, really and Ishimori do have a rematch. I think really beats him anyway. I think this might have been around the time where they were setting up for uh, really and a returning Hiromu, maybe, for before he got injured out again yeah. again. So, yeah, this this match is it's awesome. It's action-packed. It's too, too short. What are you doing, anyone booking wrestling, giving a junior title match any junior title match, just 10 minutes or less or something like that. Like, come on, man. Uh, but uh, they all managed, like, there's three people in this match, and it's a very short match, but all three members managed to get all their shit in. It is a kind of spectacle. It's a bit of a, it's a spot fest. I, I loved it. And, yeah, it was it was just a great time. And uh, I think this was the same show that uh, Switchblade sold out. What he doesn't add is that he also yeah. lost the title that night. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So uh, I I remember this match being amazing when I first watched it, and then I remembered the heartbreak from a couple, uh, about, you know, not long after that. No! <laughs> sorry to bring up uh, old shit, man. I'm really sorry, you know. How dare you? How dare you? But yeah, so... Hey, that's what... I was going to say, that's what happens when you're, like... Hipping and hopping and rapping. And <laughs> I do that once and uh, you, you won't let it go. <laughs> no, yeah, so never. Two cards, which were a mixed bag. Uh, strong, which for Mr. Ian was a bit of a mixed bag as well. And an amazing show that only one of us watched. But uh, I, I'm, we, don't, we don't have to do lots of... AW talk every week, but we can always because uh, I'm not doing notes on YouTube, um, sorry, uh, AW or anything like that. So, uh, you know, if you watch it for coming going forward, we can always uh, spend a couple minutes on it, yeah, and then then just obviously move on to the shit we actually want to talk about, which is New Japan. Spend as long as you want on it, man. That's true. This is our podcast. God damn it, we do whatever we want. And right now, we're finishing. So, in bread we trust. How many bandanas does Robbie Eagles need? 